Mold.com. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff uh, we need to talk about. First, Donald Trump's going to put a lot of money in a bond and ask for uh, a appeal in his civil fraud judgment in New York. Uh, that would be uh, the former president, his adult sons, the former Trump organization officials who are all in this. $554 million is the amount of money. Uh, it includes the interest payments, so... It's just a ridiculous sum, and he will be fighting and demonstrating the many, many ways, I imagine many ways, because he even had MSNBC and everybody else saying it when it came out, that it was ridiculous, that this seemed uh, like this judge, and honestly, a whole bunch of aspects of this case, I just couldn't hold up, regardless of what they think Trump is or isn't even potentially guilty of, uh, which I thought was pretty interesting. All right, uh, moving on from that, I thought this was valuable for us to talk about, record-shattering warmth is what it's being described as a lot of places. Uh, Of course, here it's like 70-something degrees outside, which is amazing. Uh, But it's supposed to be followed by frigidly cold weather that's going to start at some point tomorrow night, uh, maybe Wednesday morning, and then it names some cities, the New York Times, Chicago, St. Louis, Indianapolis. It says temperatures will likely drop by 40 or 50 degrees, and forecasts warn severe storms may threaten the area uh, as early as Tuesday night. Um, this includes ridiculous-sized hail. Uh, I don't know. You can text me, actually, and tell me uh, what you think the hail should be described as, depending on how ridiculously sized it is. I think I saw a hen egg uh, was the thing they said in there, and I'm not a farmer. I couldn't place that. I think that's just an egg. I imagine it's just a regular one. Let me know. Uh, but you can text me, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464, uh, if there's something different, something special. I think that's just an egg from a chicken, though. I feel like I figured it out. Um, other things out there in the world beside just the weather Mageddon that's upon us. Uh, I also thought this was pretty interesting. I mentioned it just before uh, the start of the show. Um, former President Donald Trump has vowed, he vowed uh, at last year's uh, CPAC, that he was going for retribution. Uh, many attendees this year seemed eager to see what that looks like if he gets reelected into the White House. This is according, I think, to ABC News. And other places, uh, they asked a whole lot of um, voters who show up to CPAC, uh, which is a crazy event in in D.C. uh, that has a whole lot of conservative people that show up to it and a lot of conservative people that speak. My favorite thing, though, is the way that they, uh, they being mainstream or left leaning or whatever you want to call the media, uh, shape this story. When they say that um, Trump is promise, has promised retribution and that everybody's gung ho about it, you actually look at what people really said. Uh, people said they want to drain the swamp or get rid of uh, the crappy people in Washington who only do things that benefit themselves or their son and his uh, you know, uncle, who is your brother, et cetera, et cetera, if you're the Biden family. It doesn't matter uh, who it is. I just think it's interesting, again, that that should be a sentiment that we want the crap out of Washington that all of us agree on. That shouldn't be me saying something that's thought of as on a certain side of the political aisle. Because Washington is one of the most corrupt, ridiculous places uh, that exists in our society. So much so, I'm not going to repeat this too much. I'm going to move on again to some other stuff. Uh, But so much so that Hunter Biden's defense for the millions of dollars that he was paid because he knows his dad is that that's normal Washington everyday life. And it's not illegal as long as we didn't put any money officially in Pop's bank account. It doesn't matter if he maybe got some money some other way. And actually, they did just literally put money into his bank account as well, which is sort of hilarious. But that's how Washington defends itself. It's like, it's not bad. 
We're just letting everybody get rich around our politicians. We promise they're not taking any of the sweet, sweet cut. Uh, they would never do that. Uh, I'm sure they wouldn't. Uh, one last thing, and this is certainly not a funny topic. It's, it's really uh, a topic that I, I thought I needed to include uh, here at the beginning of the show and maybe talk about it a couple other times. And there's something I don't understand about it outside of the just craziness of it. Uh, but you've probably heard at this point that a U.S. airman died after he set fire to himself outside an Israeli embassy in Washington. Uh, apparently, right before he did that, he said no longer be he said that he would no longer be complicit in genocide. Uh, in a video aired on a on, I think, Twitch, the man identified himself and said he was a serving member of the Air Force. Uh, he also said that this was about to engage in an extreme act of protest and that he wanted to free Palestine. Um, I don't know what the right uh, um, reaction is to that. Like, honestly, I thought about this a lot. Like, what's what's the right tone to say that you shouldn't do this, light yourself on fire in protest, uh, which is the obvious thing. Everybody would probably say that, like, oh, my God, that's horrible. And I was uniquely upset to, to hear that it was a service member uh, that was uh, doing this, an airman. Um, but I, I just think that we have every right to say whatever we want. I don't want anyone to take that differently. I don't want anyone to all of a sudden call the station and be like, Craig Collins is broken and he's saying free speech isn't a thing. Because it absolutely is. Uh, but the way that we fail to add enough detail to certain conversations, especially in the, the social media worlds that people live in or whatever those places are that people go and get this limited uh, set of information, that makes someone so radicalized that you can't even have a conversation about Israel defending itself or Israel uh, having a horrific thing happen to them first uh, before what's now happening in Palestine. Although the goal is not to kill Palestinians, the goal is to kill terrorists. Uh, they would be called Hamas, as you know, of course. Uh, the goal is not to, to hurt innocent people. And I know a lot of people believe that Israel is just, uh, you know, ignoring any sort of attempt to not do that. But at the same time, how do you go from, from that conflict in the Middle East to here in the United States, where someone who's serving in our military chooses to uh, protest by going to a, a platform that's actually mostly popular for video gamers, uh, for people that want to you know, stream themselves playing Fortnite or something, and then do that. And then say the reason to do that is because of a unique amount of support for one side of a conflict that at the very least people would have to understand. If you lived in Israel, if you were Israeli and um, you know a thousand plus people had been uh, brutally attacked and, and killed the way they were by a terrorist organization whose stated goal is to kill everyone else in your country where you live, what would you think if your, your country, if your leaders did nothing about it? And, and that's almost gone in some of these countries. In the way that people talk about free Palestine, it becomes devoid of any version of a discussion about why there's violence in the first place. Uh, in that area and why there's violence that doesn't seem to have a, a stopping point because uh, one of those two sides, the Hamas side of the conflict, has no interest in ever doing anything other than continuing to figure out ways to take the lives of Israelis. Um, so I, I don't get that. I don't. And I did want to talk about it today. And I think we'll probably have a discussion a few more times. And I'd love it if you reached out if you texted me, if you uh, gave me any information, if it were ostrich-sized eggs, we'd be screwed. I love that text. That's great. You're right. Hail size of ostriches, or their eggs, at least. Size of ostriches would be the end of the, end of the world. But just their eggs, it would be terrible. Uh, so I guess hen is pretty good in comparison. But you can text me, 309-340-4464, 309-340-4464. Uh, let me know what you think of 
Because, again, I'm, I, I'm not preaching that we contain speech in any way. But I think that people should have an expectation of gaining more information than they currently do right now. I think people, uh, some people, not all of us, they stop at some level of, like, full in their information tank. And they're like, that's enough full for me. And then they go out into the world and they talk based on the amount of full they got. And it, it feels like a whole lot of people are missing a whole lot more of that, you know, needed level of full uh, before doing anything. And that, that uniquely hurts me to say about somebody that chose to volunteer, voluntarily serve in our military. And, of course, I, I'm sure anybody in the military who's listening to this or who served is thinking about the, the very sad connection between suicide and, and those who serve and protect our country. And that is an aspect of what this is. And maybe the person who did it was looking more for attention, uh, as sad as it is to say. So that's why you choose a conflict that will go viral online and a position that will go viral online as opposed to that even being uh, the true intention of the act. I don't know. I just thought it was uh, uniquely sad to read and, and heartbreaking in the sense that I think uh, more information would cause a whole lot less of this radical position on on that side of the argument all right quick break a lot more 1470 100.3 1470 100.3 wmbd it's the craig collins show um this story was a lot of places you probably saw it or heard it but a um, widow just donated a billion dollars a billion dollars to a uh, medical school in new york city uh, that is a decent amount of money that's a chunk of change although you kind of feel like you're out a billion uh, if you go to college these days i know you're not it just feels that way uh, probably because of the amount of money you make and that's probably why a lot of us shouldn't choose to go to school and yet we do even dumb radio hosts like me uh, choose to get a four-year education in what i'm doing right now this talking into a microphone there were all kinds of classes man they were very expensive uh, 93-year-old widow of a major Wall Street investor. Her name is Dr. Ruth Gottsman. Uh, she is a former professor at the Bronx School that she decided to give a whole bunch of money to. That would be the Albert Einstein College of Medicine. Uh, the school has chosen to get rid of tuition, at least for a year, maybe. Uh, the tuition, I think, is typically about $59,000 a year, uh, leaving students with, quote, substantial debt, although they got a pretty good education in a pretty decent field. I'm not, I'm not upset, Anybody can do anything they want with their money. The thing that I find so funny about this is the school and how they're trying to, like, pivot it to be a great. They're like, yeah, no tuition for some amount of time. I'm sure at some point they'll go back to it. Uh, schools really love their money. Uh, they love it quite a bit, and uh, they're not going to stop even when they get to a billion dollars. At least it's my assumption, but we'll see. Uh, but it was cool, and a lot of people seem to celebrate it and then ask for uh, Dr. Ruth Gottsman to send some money to their school, no matter what it is, and no matter if she went there. Uh, that part uh, doesn't seem to matter as much to people. All right, I saw a story, and I contemplated what I was going to do with it. Am I going to talk about this when my wife comes on the air uh, later today and maybe get in trouble, maybe have a shoe thrown at me, uh, it's something Betty does? Not that often. She's actually one of the, the less of the, the shoe throwers in her family. Uh, her mom is a better shoe thrower uh, or more consistent uh, shoe thrower than her. Uh, but this, I, can't, I can't get over it. This story says that more women may be psychopaths than previously thought, according to experts. Now, the first piece of bad news is one of the experts is a dude. Uh, his name is Dr. Clive uh, Body. Uh, I don't know if he has some sort of reason to say this, if he's, like, motivated, if he just got it through a bad breakup. We don't think about that at all when we think about studies and their results, like the motivation of the scientists. 
Uh, if a guy comes to work one day after a horrible thing happened to, him, happened to him in his relationship, and all of a sudden he's like, I want to study if more women are psychopaths or not. And then he finds yes, because he really wants that yes. Uh, psychopaths are people who generally uh, consider to have a lack of empathy, a lack of guilt. They exhibit antisocial behavior. Uh, they frequently lie, and they're often ruthless, narcissistic, and manipulative, uh, according to uh, Dr. Clive, again, a dude, uh, talking about ladies. Uh, psychopaths are after money, power, and control. I don't know if that's in order, uh, but that's, that's what uh, was said. Uh, the behavior of female psychopaths seems to be subtle enough and less obvious than male psychopaths, and therefore they're not recognized as often, according to this doctor, and I'd like to know uh, what his other relationship history looked like. Uh, a small but mounting body of evidence describes female psychopaths as prone to expressing violence verbally uh, rather than physically. I, most people who just heard that know that it's not violence. That's not the right word for it. It can be abuse. It can be all kinds of stuff. The things you do with your tongue, <laughs> that sounded weird. No one take that out of context, please. The, the things you say with your face uh, can oftentimes uh, be, be sharp and... and you know, cause some sort of emotional reaction. But I don't, I don't think they're violent. I think it's wrong that we, we describe that as violence because it's, it's not. You're, you walk away from whoever said stuff. And the best way to ignore someone who's a psychopath is not to listen to them, I guess. Uh, but going on in this, it says the violence being of a relational and emotional nature, more subtle, less obvious than that expressed by male psychopaths who are apparently actually violent, uh, it seems like. But yeah, I thought that was interesting. And again, I chose not to do it when I have my lovely, uh, beautiful wife uh, sitting next to me who has no uh, psychopathic tendencies uh, whatsoever um, because I didn't like the fact that it was a dude that was saying this out loud. Not that he's wrong. I'm not trying to say he's wrong and don't shoot the messenger. Uh, I just thought that was funny uh, that it was a, I don't know if it was a team of guy doctors, if there were any like female scientists on the team, I don't see how any of that worked. I, there's only one person quoted, which actually that makes the most sense. I don't mean to belabor this point. I can't help it. If you were part of a study like that, I wouldn't want my name on it. I'd be like, I'm anonymous scientist number four. That's me and just refer to me as that. Nobody talk to me and use my real name. So it's just one dude doing the interview. All right. Another thing out there that I thought was interesting uh, is a body language expert going viral for talking about the hacks of understanding someone's true emotion when you look at their face. Um, you know, what's interesting about even like the tips in here is I like to play poker. Uh, that's one of my, my like favorite thing. I haven't done it in so long now, but I, I love poker. And I think there's there, well, there's probably only one really good way to play poker, but I think there's two ways to play it decently well. And one of those two is just play math. You just sit there, you think about the math, you decide when you put money into the middle because you, your math is good. And when you don't like your math, you fold. That, that's how I play poker. The other way is like just staring at people's faces. Uh, you've got to figure out if they have or don't have the things that they're playing like they have or don't have. And so that's, that's where you go. Uh, but if you focus all your attention on the left side of an individual's face rather than the whole thing or the right side, you're more likely to get a real picture of how they feel. Uh, apparently, if someone's faking something, the left might not be as smiley as the right. Or the left side, if you kind of try to focus on it, you know, independently, as it says here, you might notice something else that's amiss with how they're representing themselves. I don't know why that is. Um, I know that they say there's certain parts of your brain that handle certain functions. You know what? One of my favorite uh, ones, like facts like this was, um, and I remember this, I was in a, a science class, I think it was in high school, and uh, one of my friend's dad 
uh, came in. He was a psychologist, is a psychologist, and he started talking about his job. And his job was actually to be able to figure out if somebody was lying. Uh, and he usually did that at, um, you know, um, police uh, stations all throughout the country. He'd show up, he'd have conversations, and he'd decide whether or not someone was actually crazy or fake crazy. And one of my favorite things that I swear he said, although his now doctor daughter tells me I'm wrong and he never would have said that, is when you lie, you're more likely to look up toward the right side of your uh, eyes than toward the left. And it was something about what part of your brain handles creativity and that lies are creating uh, certain things. Now, I've said that before, and I've, I've been flooded with texts and messages whenever I do it on any kind of, any kind of you know, um, platform uh, that it's not true and it's inaccurate. Um, but I don't know. I do think there's probably subtle ways that people show you or demonstrate. And, and honestly, you know what? I'll say one, one last thing. And this is probably not a great thing to just throw out there because it, it leads you down all kinds of paths that you don't want to go down. But I'm sort of convinced, like in poker, uh, there's a lot of hints as to, like, what's going on. Like, if you have someone that doesn't make any sense, you never understand them. Everything's so confusing. You, you, you can look deeper at all the hints, uh, but you're probably asking for a lot of drama, too, and asking for a lot of wrong uh, conclusions because you're going to get in the weeds fast. But I oftentimes uh, remember things based on what people tell me, like, the truth of a situation is. I don't know a better way to say that. Like, I noticed stuff. I guess it's like if you watch a movie and they try to tell you what's coming. Uh, they try to, you know, hit toward the ending and you didn't really notice it. But then when you watch the ending, you're like, ah, I knew that I saw that coming a mile away uh, when I wasn't paying attention, but sort of was to these things. I think it's the same thing uh, with humans and with people, because uh, there's times when people say something to you and then it can be like a, an hour later, a day later or much later than that. They say something different. and You're like, that doesn't make sense with the other thing you said. Uh, and if I remind you, you said it, then we're probably going some path. And maybe I just need to check box in my brain and be like, all right. Uh, those things didn't match. Let's see how often that happens or whatever it is. Or I guess just stare at the left side of somebody's face and you'll know everything you need to know about all kinds of stuff about them. All right. Uh, we're going to take a um, pause on the Craig Collins show. We're not going to stop with uh, the radio station, of course. I'm trying not to say that anymore. Uh, the news is going to do its thing. Uh, and then I'll come back and I'll do my thing again. We'll trade for a while, like passing a baton in a race. Uh, but before we do that, I'm going to say that it's the Craig Collins show. You can stream us on WMBD Radio and listen to us anywhere, or you can tell your smart speaker to play WMBD Radio. And we have TJ Carson, live and local, in the WMBD Radio Newsroom, pumping, pumping. Were you pumping the arms? Running. Okay, so I'm, I'm handing the baton to you. I'm grabbing the baton. <laughs> and you take it. We're transitioning. And you go. As I tell you, Craig, that President Joe Biden is expected to visit the southern border this week. White House officials are confirming to us President Biden plans to revisit the border on Thursday, about two and a half weeks after we heard him talking about how these border visits, when Republicans do them, are just publicity stunts by lawmakers looking for a picture with Border Patrol. These are the people whose job it is to secure the border every single solitary day. They don't just show up for photo ops like some members of Congress. They're there to do their job. The current Biden border policy is front and center for elected Republicans who are blaming it for letting in the man accused of murdering a University of Georgia nursing student. Fox's Peter Ducey at the White House. Former President Donald Trump is also traveling to the southern border on Thursday. However, he and President Biden will be in different parts of Texas. More at WMBDRadio.com. Police in Chillicothe say an East Peoria man is jailed for trying to have sexual contact with a child. Police say 24-year-old Cameron McNutt was taken to the Peoria 
Peoria County Jail on a host of charges, but court records indicate McNutt is being charged with grooming and indecent solicitation of a child. Police say their investigation yesterday determined that McNutt was in communication with a minor and had made arrangements to meet that person for sex. No word on when McNutt will be in court, but records indicate prosecutors want McNutt to be held in jail until trial. It's shaping up to be a busy week on Capitol Hill as the government tries to avoid a partial shutdown by a Friday deadline. There is an absolute avalanche of business facing Congress this week. The potential start of an impeachment trial for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Testimony from Hunter Biden, that's Wednesday. But a partial government shutdown looms this weekend. There was a plan for a possible spending package over the weekend. However, it never materialized. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer blamed arch conservatives for having more interest in, quote, chaos than solving problems. Here are the four government funding areas which will expire this weekend. Transportation and housing, agriculture, energy and water programs, plus military construction. All other government funding runs out March 8th. Fox's Chad Pergram on Capitol Hill. President Biden will meet with the top four congressional leaders at the White House tomorrow to discuss aid for Ukraine and ways to avert a shutdown. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Fishing season is quickly upon us, and Presley's has hundreds of new fishing items in stock. Lures, rods, reels, and more. See it all at prom. Five dollars. Five dollars. Five dollars. Eat yeah. it. Go ahead. Pound sand. Five dollars. <laughs> Five dollars. That's Scott Robbins of the great Markley Van Camp and Robbins show uh, reacting to this real story, accurate story, uh, that everybody at AT&T, or all the customers, excuse me, are going to get five bucks as a phone credit on their account, and that is their apology for the massive outage that was a giant story uh, in the news last week. Five dollars! Uh, nobody does it quite like Scott Robbins. Go pound sand. Five dollars? <laughs> yes, that's real. Uh, they said there's a lot of stuff people can do uh, with five bucks. Uh, I don't know uh, how much that actually is. I'd like to have a list if you want to send some text to me of the things you can do. Uh, luckily, I don't have AT&T, so I'm not going to deal with the uh, $5 credit. Uh, I do I do hate that. And it, it's honestly not even really 5 bucks. It's just a credit. Uh, they're, they're really not doing the thing they could be doing. And I, I wonder how exactly uh, you could ask for not a credit, but a, but a sweet $5 bill, because uh, maybe one could be sent to you. Uh, but I imagine that many, many people will be upset. And actually, I did love a lot of the social media reaction. I'll get to it a little bit later on in the show. Uh, people talking about what they're going to do with their five bucks. Uh, Biden and Trump are both in uh, both in Texas at the border. Uh, they're both it's a rare double visit, I guess. Uh, Biden will be in Brownsville, uh, Texas, uh, at the border. Uh, Trump, the front runner to win the Republican nomination. That's how he's described at USA Today. Uh, had already visited, had already scheduled a Thursday visit to Eagle Pass, Texas, about 325 miles away. So I don't know if they'll like hang out. I imagine, of course, they won't. That was a thing. By the way, anyone that just laughed at me for saying that out loud, I didn't mean it. But that was a thing. Politicians used to do that. They used to be like crazy with each other, uh, arguing, and then they'd leave for the day. They'd punch out of the clock and then they'd be nice to each other and have like a, a coffee or something. I think there's some version of that that's true. And it's just not a thing anymore. And it's probably one of several reasons uh, that Washington is just a, a giant pile of I can't say the last part of that word or that idea. Uh, but, yeah, no, this is a real thing. Uh, they're both going to go there. I think there were some weird uh, images or videos so far of Biden kind of walking around at the border. I think they probably had to remind him several times he was at the border, so that's not so great. Uh, while they're visiting, though, another story is very much in the news. And the story is about a man 
uh, who uh, murdered a 22-year-old girl. And uh, I'll let Fox News set it up for you, and then I'll react to it. Uh, This person is from Venezuela and in this country illegally. Well, we now know that the prime suspect charged in Lake and Riley's murder was 26-year-old Jose Antonio Abara. He's originally from Venezuela. He illegally entered the United States back in 2022. Abara previously lived in New York City for over a year, but in September, he was arrested and charged with child endangerment. And once the NYPD cut him loose, Abaro packed his things and headed south. Now, some outraged lawmakers are pinning Lake and Riley's death on President Biden and his failure to... Yeah, I'll stop it there. Actually, a lot of uh, people, and I think maybe even the Today Show, are saying that the, the failure is... Uh, not at all uh, tied to uh, someone who's in the country illegally that we don't know a lot of information about, uh, that what it is is like the the uh, trouble or difficulty of being a, a famous uh, female athlete and having a conversation there about how safety is something that's different uh, depending on your sex. And I, I don't need to react to that part of a conversation because it's such an odd distraction. Uh, but I do want to say uh, something different. I, I want to say something about uh, the, the topic itself. Um, and, and this is uh, as, as clearly as I can probably try to define it. When you discuss someone who's in our country who shouldn't be here, who does something horrible uh, while they're not supposed to be in our country, I think what you're doing is just simply telling the truth about a situation that matters and needs to be looked at. But a lot of people think what you're doing is being racist, is trying to say that anybody who comes across our, our border, even those who come legally, are somehow bad. And that's not what I think people are trying to say. Some may be trying to say something horrible, but those probably those people are probably saying horrible stuff all the time, and who cares? Uh, in all honesty, uh, the, the truth is that this is, this is an issue, and it's gotten much worse uh, under Biden, and uh, the individuals who get caught endangering a child is a, it feels significant enough to be like, all right, well, you probably shouldn't stay here. Uh, but no, uh, you stay, you do something uh, horrific, and now, now we have to choose uh, what happens next. And of course, it's a, a big, I think, a catalyst uh, to one of the larger issues that will be talked about as um, the presidential election comes closer and closer. And, and I will say on that quickly, you might be surprised I'm not talking more about South Carolina. Uh, exactly what we thought would happen happened uh, there. It was it was utterly um, not cl- it was like completely not climactic. It wasn't it wasn't entertaining. It just it was what it was. Anticlimactic is the word I was looking for. So that that's that's where we are in this situation. Uh, Trump is the nominee. Uh, anyone that wanted Haley, especially someone who's actually a Democrat, which is what I feel like a lot of people uh, that are going toward Haley uh, are that make she does well in the the national polls against Biden. Uh, but I think that's because a lot of Democrats are saying, yeah, I'm not going to vote for Biden. I'd rather vote for Haley. Uh, but it was actually very similar when Trump won in 2016. And there were people who punched a ticket that they wouldn't admit they were punching because how do you, how do you put like Biden back in office just in all gen, in all seriousness and all, all genuine, regardless of if it's Trump? Like, don't don't respond to me saying, how do you put Biden back in office by saying, how do you put Trump in office? That's not the point. I know that that's the conversation a lot of people have. But genuinely, like the amount of things that are not going great uh, in our society right now and the inability for the uh, current president of the United States to, I don't know, think the reason he's not in trouble for his classified documents, whoopsies, is because everybody that interviewed him thought that a jury would treat him nicely that they'd feel bad for him. That's not a good look for a president. That's not a good thing to be out there in the world for other world leaders to look at and read and think about. Um, it's, it's certainly not beneficial to us. 
as a country. All right. Uh, beyond that, there's one other thing I wanted to talk about, and it's like it's a twofer. Let's it, I'm calling it one, but it's really a twofer. Uh, the Supreme Court has a lot of issues uh, that'll be uh, front and center uh, that, honestly, I think many of us will be paying attention to. Uh, one of them, and I saw, I think it was Newsweek that had a take on this, that the Supreme Court is likely to not hear the immunity claim uh, for uh, Trump. Uh, this is bad news for him because of how long it's taking them uh, to to answer um, this case. Uh, that's something that legal blogger in the civil discourse, uh, Joyce Vance, said. Uh, the Supreme Court is taking longer than they usually do, uh, a sign that Trump will be refused his petition. Um, these delays uh, are caused by dissenting opinion that is in favor of Trump's request to hear a case, uh, which is obviously not the winning opinion. I, that's interesting that dissenting opinion takes longer uh, sometimes if it's like, you know, uh, if people are real mad. I don't know how to say that. Uh, but I do think that's interesting that, that essentially this is likely to be something that won't even be heard um, because there is a narrative uh, that exists where people say, this system or that system is unfair or it's corrupt or it's not it's not willing to, to do what it's supposed to do. The function it has in our society has failed uh, because it refuses that function. Uh, whatever it is, whatever you think it is, it could be a school principal doing the wrong thing or anybody. Um, and a lot of people think that some courts have done wrong things and should have done things better. I'll never understand why the Supreme Court doesn't hear stuff that people think is important, regardless of if they think the argument's good. You know what I mean? Like, I, I honestly, I, I genuinely mean that, that I would like the Supreme Court to take cases that we vote on like it's American Idol or like it's the voice. And they just hear that stuff. And I know what you thought in your head is one of the first cases is like, is, um, you know, a cereal soup or any of those stupid questions we all ask each other. And it would be great to watch the Supreme Court deal with, you know, idiots like me uh, trying to make an argument that, of course, it's a soup. There's liquid. There's, you know, food product. It's in a bowl. That's soup. It doesn't have to be hot. Uh, but anyway, I, I just love that idea because I think that's actually what the Supreme Court's function is. To get back to what I was saying a second ago, to get back to my point, uh, their, their function uh, more so than to be the final decision maker on the most challenging of cases uh, in our society is to be the definitive answer from the court system to the stuff we care about the most. At least that's how I, I feel. I don't know if the founding fathers would agree with me. Uh, I, I know that that's the way we talk about them. Uh, them being the Supreme Court, every time they rule on something, uh, everybody talks about and acts like it's a big deal, it's horrible, or it's great, depending on what their opinion was on something. Uh, but I really genuinely don't understand why they don't just take a case like this instead of also being accused of, you know, refusing the case for some sort of corrupt reason, which is what's been happening at times, especially with the election interference stuff uh, that Trump was bringing into courtrooms that never saw the light of day there. Uh, I do think that's different. Um, and I don't necessarily want to preach that too hard, uh, but I will. I, I think it's different when it's lower courts. But I think Trump should have been able to, to throw something to the Supreme Court and let them hear it, even if he had never been tried in a lower court, which you can't do. You got to actually get a trial in a lower court and then get a, a you know yes or no. Uh, you can get a ruling as long as it's anything, and then you can start challenging your way upward. Um, but that that to me is part of the disappointment too, because I think the Supreme Court should just be its total own entity. Maybe like, you know, all-star voting in a sporting event where we all get to go online for a week and vote on what we want the Supreme Court to debate, and they'll debate that stuff, and we'll watch, and it'll be great. Uh, that's, that's what I think. And John Oliver will stop offering one of them a million dollars to quit, a million dollars a year. All right, quick break, a lot more. 
1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Before I take a break, uh, though, I have uh, one other thing I need to do. You know what? Actually, hold on. We'll do the traffic, and then I'll do my thing right after the traffic. Uh, but first, PeoriaTide.com. Fourteen seventy, one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. How often are you told what like the the viral streaming thing is? Everybody's watching this, or everybody's paying attention to that. And you go and you you look at it. You don't even actually watch it. You look at it and you're like, why? Why are we doing this? I remember I did that at first for Tiger King, and I was wrong. That thing was amazing. Tiger King was wonderful. Uh, but I definitely, when I first heard uh, during, of course, the the pandemic, uh, that Tiger King was uh, all the rage. I didn't get it. Uh, until you start to sit down and actually pay attention. Uh, the Last Dance, I was in from Jump. Uh, the Michael Jordan documentary was the greatest thing. Even though, oh, oh, I'll say this real quick. And actually, I really enjoyed this. So I went to a barber shop uh, over the weekend. Um, and I brought up a thing that's definitely true. Uh, a few former Chicago Bulls, Scottie Pippen among them, are, in a, are going on a tour in Australia called the No Bull Tour, where they're going to debunk all of the lies that they claim were told in The Last Dance. It's been a few years since it came out. Not a lot of us are thinking about it. Apparently, I still am. Uh, but they're going out, and they're going to they're tell you all the things that made Jordan sound like a god and everybody else like crap. Uh, Luke Longley is a part of it, too. Uh, I think Horace Grant is going to be in there. That's weird. That's a strange thing to do. But I brought it up at the barbershop, uh, and I felt like I was contributing, and the whole place went crazy. The argument was all over as to, to who like the best player in the history of the game was and uh, I said stuff about MJ. I don't know if anybody was listening out of the things I said about MJ. You know, M- Michael Jordan still has more total 30-point games than LeBron James does. And Jordan played several less seasons and way less games than LeBron. And he still scored 30 in more total games, uh, which is nuts. But anyway, moving on. I'm not going to devolve to that conversation. Um, to get back to the actual point, the, the thing that uh, I brought up to start this whole thing, uh, the latest viral documentary on Netflix is not The Last Dance and not Tiger King. It's some, like, stalker documentary. And it's it's supposed to be absolutely terrifying. Uh, the documentary tells the story of a woman who was targeted by serial cyber stalker Matthew Hardy. Uh, and the dude looks like you'd think he'd look if you see the mugshot. In early 2022, the man from uh, Cheshire received the longest custodial sentence in British history for stalking online. Uh, the series' title is the question Hardy would often Uh, ask his victims, can I tell you a secret? That's usually the first thing he'd send. Can I tell you a secret is the number one viral trending thing uh, on Netflix. And you like, what are we doing? Uh, Actually, every so often uh, when we're getting ready to go to bed for the night or maybe when we just woke up, uh, my wife will see something on social media and like it's terrible and she'll pass it on to me. And I try to be very nice about it. Uh, she probably won't say the same. She probably says I'm a little uh, uh, less nice than I mean to be. Uh, but I'll say, like, I don't want to know that right now. That's not something I want to think about now. Uh, give me middle of the day craziness and, and sadness. Don't give me beginning and end of the day. I think I need positivity at those moments. And so I, don't, I can't picture myself sitting down with the missus uh, cuddling up and watching the Netflix stalker documentary uh, just before bed. It seems it seems a little odd, uh, but it's the it's a hit, and I don't know why. Um, all right, another thing out there that I thought was interesting, and I feel like I've I've thrown out tips like this before, uh, but yet another doctor has gone viral with some sleep techniques. I wonder if people sleep better or worse when the season is wrong. And what I mean by that, it's so nice outside, and it's going to be so nice outside for a few more hours. And then uh, weather Mageddon is going to hit us all at some point tomorrow night. 
uh, at least according to the New York Times. Uh, but what I think is so interesting about it is like they say that you sleep worse in the summer, I think, than the winter. But maybe your body also just doesn't like it when stuff doesn't make sense. I'm not wearing a coat at all today. I went out in like a T-shirt. I got a Gary Meyer hoodie uh, behind me. I had to reschedule with Gary. He's not going to be on today, but he will be on uh, this week. Uh, I did wear the hoodie in, in solidarity uh, with uh, the Meyer. Uh, but anyway, I just think it's interesting that that if it's something where you're struggling uh, to sleep, uh, especially because, well, it's weird, uh, here are some tips. Uh, first, eat a banana or eat yogurt. Uh, those are two items that might help you fall asleep. Uh, cut down on your exposure to blue light, all things you've probably heard before. Uh, by the way, the reason for yogurt, it has calcium and protein in it, and it supports melatonin production, or you can just take melatonin uh, like my wife and I do. Uh, bananas are rich in tryptophan, which is the thing in the turkeys that is making everybody pass out in Thanksgiving. Uh, but the final one, the thing I think is most valuable to, if you need to get some sleep, is the 478 breathing technique. Uh, this is a technique that I think the military uses in certain scenarios when it's hard to sleep and you got to figure out how to do it. You inhale for four seconds, you hold for seven seconds, and then you exhale for eight seconds, and you just keep doing that. And I don't know if it's like a distracting your brain by counting sheep sort of thing. I don't know if it, it really doesn't matter if you did three, four, five, like however you do that. But apparently slowing yourself down and also overly concentrating on something that's not important uh, might help you to pass out and pass out quickly. And the exact opposite is true if you're watching the Netflix stalker documentary uh, just before going to bed. Then the blue light is on because you keep looking up on your phone and seeing if anybody is liking too many of your posts or anything else. And you're curious. All right. One last thing uh, before we take um, a turn to news. Stanley Cup owners. I'm already mad at myself. I said it, uh, Stanley Cup owners. But Stanley Cup owners, I guess, are going viral online now. Uh, these are, are people that are new to the Stanley Cup. The Stanley Cup is a tried and true thing. A bunch of people uh, that are much, much older than the Gen Zers or Millennials who are grabbing these things. I know all about it. Uh, but apparently, you're taking uh, selfies, and some who have the fanciest, like the most difficult to find ones of this uh, just giant cup you put uh, either hot or cold liquid in, they're paying 150 bucks. For selfies with Stanley. Uh, that's what the trend is in social media. Again, if you have one or if you're lucky enough to have one of the, the hard-to-get ones, uh, there is a likelihood that someone young will want to take a picture and pretend it's theirs and give you way too much money for that. Not even to keep the, the tumbler, uh, just to take a photo with it so they pretend they have it. 150 bucks. I don't know who's actually doing this, um, but Facebook users apparently are selling them. They're non-refundable. Uh, mostly with the 40-ounce tumbler, because, of course, that one's worth the uh, $150. Um, apparently, there's some that even go up to 300 bucks as far as the actual buying of the product, uh, which I think is interesting. 150 for the photo, 300 for you to keep it. Uh, that sounds way worse than Disneyland somehow, which uh, makes no sense. I hear that place is great and expensive. All right, we'll take a break. After the break, we'll do a lot more. Well, we won't. News won't break. I'll just break. Uh, it's the Craig Collins Show. You can hear us on AM at 1470, FM at 100.3, and every.com slash Peoria. Fourteen seventy one hundred point three WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Bob Costas did a thing that um, people do sometimes in this world. It's where you say, "Hey, give me your opinion 
of this person. Uh, maybe it's someone that you work with, or maybe it's someone uh, that your friend is dating. I don't know. And you go way too hard. You go way too strong. Uh, Bob Costas went off the deep end with what he said about the uh, former president of the United States and anyone who supports him, uh, which happens to be a decent amount of people. I don't know if Bobby is aware of that. Here's what Bob Costas said on CNN. Um, you come at this from a position of not wanting to see Trump get elected. You should state that at the outset. True? <laughs> yes, absolutely. By the way, I love that CNN is like, are you someone we're going to keep talking to? Yes or no? Is Trump the Antichrist? Okay, good. He is by far the most disgraceful figure in modern presidential history. He's only become more disgraceful since Whoa. 2016 and since 2020. He is a bubbling cauldron of loathsome traits, and it's only those who are actually suffering from Trump derangement syndrome, which is the way <laughs> they and Fox News and all the rest of MAGA media try ah. to brush aside all the legitimate criticisms Terrible. of Trump. You have to be in the throes of some sort of toxic delusion in a toxic cult to believe that Donald Trump has ever been in any sense emotionally, <laughs> psychologically, intellectually, uh -huh. or ethically yeah. fit to be president of the United States. Bob, tell us how you really feel. Tell us what you really think of the former president. You know what that reminded me of, by the way, uh, before I get to Brian Kilmeade's response? And I'm not trying to be a, a huge Trump fan by saying I disagree with, with everything Bobby just said, but the, the amount to which people don't understand the other side is pretty amazing. Um, actually, John Stewart got in all kinds of problems or all kinds of uh, controversy himself uh, for his first episode back criticizing Biden and being yelled at by those who are just as blind to any criticism as Bob Costas says MAGA Republicans are. But it reminded me of Billy Madison. I want to play that real quick before I do anything else. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. <laughs> At no point uh -huh. in your rambling, yeah. incoherent response I gotcha. were you even close to anything that could be considered a rational thought. <laughs> Everyone in this room uh -huh. is now dumber yeah, yeah, for having listened to it. I award you no <laughs> points, and may God have mercy on your soul. Uh, okay. Okay, a simple wrong would have done you just fine i love that the simple wrong would have been okay and again i'm not trying to say that costas is wrong but like the the degree of of anger the degree of all the stuff that that spewed out of costas as he described trump as a loathsome i don't know toxic cult and creature uh here's how kilmeade responded by the way no bob costas i know how bright he is best boy when by the time he was 34 is the best sportscaster in the country doing all the biggest events true ever. true i know that's exactly how he feels but i think it's so it's so shallow of him to think that you can have your feelings and put down 74 million people mm. along the way. If people if you, who are supporting, <laughs> yes. especially him coming from a place where people support their teams and their players and their boxers and, and their athletes, and people are, are loyal. There are people loyal to him for reasons they should be respected for and analyzed. Because but once everybody again, should be respected. Right. Now, well, uh, she says everybody should be respected, and there's, there's a version of you shouldn't treat anybody mean, uh, but it doesn't mean that you have to accept every opinion everyone else has is right. And I know that's not what uh, she's saying there. But anyway, what I think is so interesting about uh, all of this is that Kilmeade's like, it's fine. What you think of Trump is, is completely fine. It's when you target anyone who'd punch the Trump box that you seem to misunderstand what's actually going on in our society. And I, I totally agree with that. I have listeners walk up to me sometimes and tell me I either sound like I don't really like Trump or I was a DeSantis guy or whatever they say, or people who walk up to me and go like, man, you're a Trumpster. 
heard you on the show and you love the Donald Trump. Uh, the truth is he's why he's very popular and, and depend or excuse me, pretending that's not true is is the silliest aspect of the argument. And I think people like Costas just want to pretend it's not true. I talked to a buddy of mine who goes, I just don't get it. How do these people uh, vote for Trump? How would they do that? How would you vote for Biden? I know it's a whataboutism or it's a it's a, you know, uh, a shallow version of a response to whatever is said on that side of the aisle. But but it's true. I think people can look at a, a candidate for the office of president, not like everything about the person as a human being and or, you know, a politician uh, or lack thereof, and still decide I'm going to punch this box for this individual uh, for this set of reasons. And, and I think it's true of both sides of the aisle. So, no, I don't think a lot of uh, people who vote for Biden are dumb, and I wouldn't crap on them the way Costas uh, just called everybody a cult. I do think they're wrong, and that's probably a part of the, the equation that matters uh, because uh, Biden doesn't seem at all fit for the office, uh, first and foremost. Uh, but again, I do find that very interesting. And you see that argument a lot where people go after the supporters, uh, which I guess they think is more effective than going after the, the politician who obviously doesn't care uh, what their opinion is. All right. A couple other quick things before we take a break. Uh, I thought this was pretty interesting. Uh, a senior Republican in the Senate, um, John Thune, who actually at one point said that what Trump had done on January 6th was inexcusable, uh, has endorsed him. And this is everywhere in left-leaning media. Uh, I think a lot of left-leaning media is saying, how dare this senator turn his back on the thing he said several years ago uh, at a time when I think people still didn't even totally understand uh, the the um, event itself, like what happened, uh, why it happened, et cetera, et cetera. I think we probably still are missing some of those uh, pieces. But anyway, of course, ha- of course this happens. And again, I'm not even saying this to try to be like a negative shot at Republicans or Trump or anybody. I'm saying this because this is politics. This is the thing that you don't like about politics on your side of the aisle. If you're a Democrat who's mad about this, because anyone who goes on television, and I just keep doing the whataboutisms or the comparisons, but anybody that goes on television and says that uh, Biden's brain is is okay, that it's that it's not broken beyond repair, is doing their version of I'm part of the team. I'm staying on this side of the aisle. We shouldn't care what they they say on either side. As far as the senators, the endorsers, I don't think in my life I've ever voted for anyone based on an endorsement. I've never walked into the voting booth and be like, well, I like the policies, but that guy got endorsed by Eminem. And so now I'm not really sure who to vote for. It's never come up. It's never been. And I know people think that Taylor Swift will wield a lot of political power. And I think she'll actually probably wield a lot of um, uh, people going and voting, uh, which is a different kind of political power. Uh, but even even that, I don't know that you really vote for somebody without any sort of ideological connection to the things that they want to do in office because you like the person who said you should vote for them. Like, that's a level of dumb not many of us are. And I'm trying to be respectful. Uh, that's That probably wasn't respectful at all. But that's a level of, of I'm giving up on the choices of my life and letting someone else control me like I'm a video game character. If you say you like him, oh, I like him. That's fine. If you say you don't like him, I'm not voting for him. If Bob Costas says that he's a, a cult leader and a toxic, horrible person, well, then I got to check the other box, man. Bobby Costas said I can't do this. All right. Uh, one last thing, too. Uh, After that, I thought it was interesting. Uh, USA Today had to put out a story uh, that the headline is, why is Nikki Haley still running? Uh, Why is she still in the race? And in her own voice, I think, is the um, way in which it's described by the author in USA Today. Uh, She feels it's her duty because uh, Trump cannot win. Uh, She just has to keep fighting. And that is a narrative you hear a lot, that Nikki Haley, in a one-on-one contest against Biden, uh, does well in the polls and Trump doesn't. 
Uh, but I do think there's a tremendous flaw in that. I think there are people who are motivated to say they would vote for Nikki Haley because of how much they hate Trump, which is insane, uh, by the way, because they wouldn't vote for Haley. They would vote for Biden. We saw it happen with literal voters who showed up in primaries uh, and did this. Uh, but I think it's happening in national polls, too. And then you saw it several times in 16 and even in 20, uh, where uh, um, Trump actually polled less less than how well he actually did. And so right now, if he's beating Biden by a few percentage points, the odds are not that it goes one way, but the other. All right, we'll take a break on that. Uh, well, I'll take a break on that. Traffic will not. Other people will not. Uh, 1470, 100.3. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, By the way, I am planning to take a vacation for one day on Friday. Everyone write that in your vacation calendars. Just one day, just Friday. Uh, No other days are planned vacations coming up this week. Uh, But I saw this story and I couldn't help but think it was interesting. And I kind of want to ask my wife if she would want to do this or if I should, like, buy one of these uh, when she comes in in a little bit. Uh, But a couple actually went viral on the Internet uh, that's the only place to go viral, I think, uh, for a, a week's worth of clothing being packed in a carry-on suitcase. The way in which they did it, both of them, they have enough clothes for both people for a full week. They used a 150-ton hydraulic press, which is intense and definitely seemed like his idea, by the way. Uh, the content creators, as they're described on this um, on this thing, as uh, Lori and um, uh, Han uh, are apparently very interested in all this kind of stuff. And so because of that, you decided to get out the hydraulic press um, and uh, go crazy, uh, just go uh, nuts and have 82,000 uh, views within uh, the first few, I guess, hours that was online. Um, and the packing efficiency and everything about it seems to be the stuff that people are praising. Uh, the video clocked in at eight minutes, uh, featuring a very noisy, uh, very large uh, press um, doing its work for a lot longer than you should to take a carry on on a on a flight. I wonder what happens when you open it back up like that. That wasn't in the video. Uh, I wonder what that looks like later. If those clothes are even wearable anymore. I don't I don't think they would be. Uh, another thing I saw that I thought was uh, pretty funny out there. Uh, a New Jersey uh, TikToker or New Jersey social media person uh, went viral because apparently uh, recently, while well, on a, a work trip overseas, uh, she had her bed freeze. She had a, a fancy bed uh, that, you know, uh, many of us might have or many of us might love, the Tempur-Pedic ones. And I guess it was so cold that it actually became very not comfortable. It became a block of ice. It's not great audio, but I, I want to play it of the um, the young person complaining about this because I've never I've never been around a frozen bed. I never had a water bed. I know that was all the rage at one point. I don't know how that would be frozen. That'd be a literal block of ice. Uh, but here is a Tempur-Pedic or something like it uh, that's completely frozen. You guys know that Tempur-Pedic mattresses freeze? <laughs> it's fro. My bed is frozen. Yes, it is. That is does say something about your social life, too, a little bit, lady. My bed, where I usually sleep. Yeah, that's frozen. <laughs> that's all the video is. Just her pounding on her bed and being confused that that could happen. I didn't know that could happen. And apparently uh, we have uh, Weathermageddon coming up very soon, uh, I think, by tomorrow evening. They're saying all the Midwest is going to go from the ridiculously nice day today outside to an absolutely horrible, terrible, frigid day uh, tomorrow, uh, at at least by tomorrow evening, which means like giant hail and other stuff. Uh, If your bed freezes, be careful, people. Uh, That would be bad. Uh, Another piece of audio that I did like that was out there. uh, And granted, darn it, these things might be more... Uh, a video uh, fun than audio fun, but I'm trying. It's the radio. We're going to at least do it. Uh, a guy proposed to his wife 
at a Waffle House or a breakfast house of some kind. And I find that so funny for a couple reasons. But the the video went viral of the woman reacting to it and then saying what she got him. I guess this is a Valentine's Day like breakfast that they're having. And he had the ring come out on one of the food items. So he, he told her to look over there at one point, as you'll hear in the video. And she's looking at a ring box sitting on top of some of her breakfast food at a Waffle House. Not not exactly like throwing all the money you can at a location for a a, uh, proposal. But certainly if it's something that matters to you or something that I guess she wasn't expecting, there's a lot of value here. Here we go. Now, look, it takes a real man. Look, baby, it takes a real man to make Waffle House romantic. Yeah. I just have one question. Okay, I really love that first sentence, by the way. It takes a real man to make a Waffle House romantic. I don't know if you know this, but you're pretty lucky to be with me because I'm making this as romantic as it gets for our Valentine's Day. Will you marry me? Oh! <laughs> She's crying a little bit. She's overcome with emotion. <laughs> That's my other favorite part, is that she said in response to the wedding ring and the proposal, uh, she got him beef jerky for Valentine's Day. Which, if you're a guy who makes a, val- or makes a Waffle House romantic, I think you're also a guy that's happy to get uh, beef jerky. I don't think he's going to be upset at all about the gift exchange going on there, so I think she's, she's fine. But I love that audio, too, and I love that reaction. And, and I wonder if that's the kind of thing that you'll find funny for the entire marriage or if at some point in some conversation he's done something wrong and she yells, you even proposed to me at a Waffle House. I don't know. I don't know if it's happening. I'm just guessing it could be happening. It might be something uh, out there in the future. All right. Uh, one other last quick thing before I take a break. Uh, I do think this is interesting, uh, too. And actually, oh, my wife already walked in the door a little bit early. You can sit down, Betty, if you want to come sit down. I had a question I wanted to ask you, and you got here early enough that I can ask it for you. Uh, you got a whole, like, present box and stuff over there. Look at that. That's fancy. I don't know who's... I think the laptops are all the engineers and stuff that have been working on stuff. Uh, so if you want to, yeah, just grab the microphone for a second, and I'll turn you on for a second. Uh, uh, how are you doing, Betty? How are you? Good, Craig. Okay. Thank you for having me. Did you hear me talk about oh, the couple where the guy proposed to the girl at a breakfast restaurant at a Waffle House? When? When? Just now. I was just talking about it. You were just walking in, so I don't think you heard me. That's why I'm telling you. Sorry, Craig. I went to the bathroom. <laughs> That's okay. A breakfast place. They were having breakfast. You love breakfast restaurants. I do. And he brought um, a little box with a ring on it with a waffle. It came out to the table, and he proposed to her. Do you wish I would have proposed you at a Waffle House or like a breakfast house because you love them a lot? Well, I I, I love my proposal. When Aw, that's nice. Getting out of, out of my job, I found yeah. my ring in my bicycle. Do remember that? Yes, yes, I do. Yeah, that was so, great. Yeah, yeah, no, it was pretty. I didn't expect it at all. No? So you like that? Yeah. Okay, but would you have rather also had pancakes and like bacon and stuff after? Of course. I, okay. It doesn't. <laughs> I love bacon. I know you do. I love bacon, too. And pan- who doesn't? So I guess that's a thing now. Maybe at, like, uh, K's. You can buy the K's and bacon package uh, when you get the wedding ring. All right. Uh, Betty will be on in a couple minutes. She's going to get all uh, situated and sit down, and she'll have her Spanish word of the day and other stuff. Uh, and I actually have a couple topics that prove Betty is right about things, uh, which she'll very much enjoy. Uh, the things that we're uh, going to talk about that went viral a little bit earlier this uh, week, or actually over the weekend. All right. One last thing uh, before I do that, though, that I do think is is an interesting question. Uh, This is a celebrity chef. His name is Curtis Stone. He went viral on social media for asking if the double Big Mac at McDonald's should have a health warning on it, like a pack of cigarettes or something. Should you actually on the fast food wrapper put this is not good for you to eat a Mac, a Big Mac double? And I don't have a good answer for it. 
I also wouldn't pay attention to it. Even if they did put a warning on the on the Big Mac double, I would rip the wrapper off and consume it if that's what I was hungry for and if that's what I wanted to eat. And I would never, ever pay attention to it at all. I don't know if TJ Carson would be deterred by a warning label on fast food. Have you looked at me? <laughs> I didn't say anything. I just asked you a question, man. <laughs> Do I look like someone that's going to turn down fast food? If yeah, if the warning label said like going to cause terrible, horrible stuff to happen to you, would you think about it twice? Or no? I would think warning labels would be more specific than that. Like, what are we talking? Are we talking death? Or are we yeah. talking yeah. time in the bathroom for right. at least an hour? Well, oh, where are we going? If you're that? doing a bathroom warning, Taco Bell would have like a CVS receipt version of a warning on it because it's going to be a while. Yeah. You're going to have days. All right, what? good talk. Yeah. That's fine, buddy. Are we sure that was a good talk? <laughs> yeah, it was. I, I enjoyed it. I'm fat and might die. Well, yeah. <laughs> I don't even know. Ah, it's the news time now. Uh, TJ's going to get happier uh, soon, I hope. Uh, you cover we'll news see. all the time. Yeah, so it's not fun. Well, today was a good day. There and we go. do have Yay. a story in this newscast Yay. of a very good story all of right. a very legendary figure in South Peoria. That's nice. That's, there we that's go. your tease. Okay. All right. Uh, thank you. Uh, on AM, it's 1470 on FM 100.3. You can stream us at com. And listen to us everywhere or tell your smart speaker to play WMBD radio. Here's TJ Carson, very happy, live and local in the WMBD radio newsroom. Craig, it's shaping up to be a busy week on Capitol Hill as the government tries to avoid a partial shutdown by a Friday deadline. There is an absolute avalanche of business facing Congress this week. The potential start of an impeachment trial for Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. Testimony from Hunter Biden, that's Wednesday. But a partial government shutdown looms this weekend. There was a plan for a possible spending package over the weekend. However, it never materialized. Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer blamed arch conservatives for having more interest in, quote, chaos than solving problems. Here are the four government funding areas which will expire this weekend. Transportation and housing, agriculture, energy and water programs, plus military construction. All other government funding runs out March 8th. Fox's Chad Pergram on Capitol Hill. President Biden will meet with the top four congressional leaders at the White White House tomorrow to discuss aid for Ukraine and ways to avert a shutdown. More at WMBDRadio.com. The Defense Department says the DOD has completed its review of the breakdown in the chain of command following Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin's unannounced hospitalization in January. The review found that the Deputy Secretary was at all times positioned to perform all the functions and duties of the Secretary of Defense during the period of transfer from January 2 through 5, 2024. It also identified several processes, process and procedural improvements that could be made. That's Pentagon spokesman Major General Pat Ryder at a press briefing today. He says the department will continue to be transparent with the public about what happened. A South Peoria street has been named to recognize the man described as the godfather of Peoria's talent show. The corner of Lincoln and Griswold was named today in honor of Larry Hendricks Jr., an art teacher at Peoria Manual from 1970 to 2004. Hendricks also coached numerous teams at Manual, most notably track and field, along with soccer and basketball. But he said his, his proudest accomplishment is getting his students, some who called him a father figure, to believe in themselves. I embraced all my, all my students and athletes because I, I just thought that they would do well. And if they did well here, they could do well in life. The street sign unveiling came after a ceremony in Manuel's auditorium where former students and family members spoke glowingly of Hendricks. WMBD News is brought to you by Ufting Weston. Take advantage of attractive offers on new Cadillac models all month long at Ufting Weston Cadillac in Peoria. Don't just imagine yourself in a new Cadillac. Make it happen today. Find yours at Ufting Weston. Visit ArnoldPlumbing.com. Fourteen seventy. 
100.3 WMBD. It's Craig Collins' show. Uh, my wife Betty is in studio. Caleb did a great job with all the music, right? He did. I've been listening, and, and yeah, it's the selection job. of songs are, yeah. are great. Yeah, yeah, he told me, he's like, I'm going to figure out songs that sound like they're you, that they describe <laughs> you. And I was like, all right, Caleb, you know music <laughs> better than I do. Mohawk. Yeah, with my new Mog. <laughs> you want to talk about that first? I have, I have Betty topics. Uh, so I got a haircut over the weekend. I was talking about it. I'm not going to say where. Because when I got home, you didn't you didn't think it was very good. Yeah, you think no. that maybe I got one of the the newer students at the place that I went. It's a, yeah, yeah. Okay. Uh, even though I had a great time talking to them, like the the jokes that I was making and the jokes that they were making were fun. It was a, it was a good environment. Um, but you fixed the the hair when I got home. I tried like yeah. immediately. No, I think you did a great <laughs> job. I got a lot of compliments today. It's it's different. I, I have almost a mohawk. It's not actually a mohawk. But it's pretty it's close. close yes. It's pretty close. And I didn't even know that I was doing that. I just no? tried to like fade it, and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> you faded it. <laughs> I faded a yeah. lot. <laughs> but you said you liked it because uh, I remember at one point while you were like fixing my hair, you you were apologizing because you didn't like my haircut, and I'm like, Betty, I don't care if you like my hair. That's good. Whatever my hair looks like that the wife likes, yeah. that's fine. Yeah. And so cut it the way you want. Well, that's and, okay. I, and I'm happy because you haven't uh, used your hat. Uh, and that that says a lot. Like it I know. like that's what Mr. Glass said like yeah. when I interviewed Mr. Glass on the show. He said that the biggest compliment you can give a barber or anybody cutting your hair is when you walk out without the hat. Yeah, which yeah. I did. I left my hat at his shop. I think yeah. a couple different times because he does a good job too. I I think you were even joking about maybe signing up with Mr. Glass. Yes, maybe, I was like okay. maybe I can go and help. Do him. a little bit of weekend work, uh, being yep. a barber, barber Betty. That's good. <laughs> All right, I have a couple to- uh, topics for you, and then we'll get to the Spanish word of the day. Uh, the first one, I I think I might launch a brand new uh, part of your segment that calls that's called Betty was right, and this is where I tell you something that's out there All in the right. news that apparently you were right about. A brand new warning has come up, and a uh, gastroenterologist is one of the people that's sending this out, saying that you should not use plastic containers to heat up food in the microwave. Of you course. Sh- <laughs> of course. Okay, that's what the segment should be called. It should be called Betty, of course. Of course. Yeah, no, I'll just say Betty, and then you say, of course. <laughs> yeah. um, why Why did you know that was a thing that was important? Oh, Craig, it's like... Please. Uh, you, uh, I mean, you should have known this already, but mm-hmm. uh, there is a lot of studies that um, when that say that when you reheat uh, your food, especially in the mm-hmm. microwave, in mm-hmm. plastic containers, a lot of the chemicals trans- they get out. to, to the food. They to get the, the food, food, and it's bad. And, yes, it you know, some bad. of it's bad. That's what they're saying. They're saying yeah. it's, there's several reasons that this is bad and you shouldn't do it. Don't heat up a plastic uh, container. I feel like I'm going to have somebody text me a photo of them microwaving a plastic <laughs> container because <laughs> yes. some people won't care. Yeah, uh, no. But Betty was right, and this is out there, and it tells you all kinds of reasons why. And uh, BPA-free and, and chemical issues, all the things that you tell me in the store are all mentioned in this article. <laughs> yeah. So do you like this new segment, Betty was right? Oh, yeah. Well, I just find out right now. I mean, I okay. guess I, <laughs> I will have to think about it. We'll think about it more. All right. One other thing, and this is not Betty was right per se, but I'd like your take on it. Uh, a mom uh, got in trouble, if that's what it is. She was getting criticized on the Internet and social media because she's a mom who has a leash for her kid, her little baby. All right. Um, and she, he's like the perfect age of baby where he can start to run. And you love the kids like yeah, when they learn yeah. to walk and run. And so the mom goes, I don't know why people are criticizing me and saying I'm doing something bad. Her name's Rachel for putting my, my kid on a leash because my kid is the most – like he runs faster. Like because the leash he is knows. on, he's trying to go <laughs> yeah. and he's trying to move. And it reminded me immediately of walking our dog, Mancha, 
Because Mancha is one of the hardest dogs to walk because it's a very aggressive walk the I whole think time. He's a breed. Yeah, yeah it's a, the Australian Shepherd. Yeah. But this baby seems like an Australian Shepherd version of a baby <laughs> that just like oh, he needs to go. Yeah. And so he doesn't seem upset at all by it. And mom doesn't seem upset at all by it. And she said, honestly, it's probably making him healthier because he's trying harder to get wherever it is he's going because she leashes him. And well, so. The, I think it's not a. Uh, not a bad idea. I mean, that would be worse if he lost a baby trying to, yes. like, especially in a crowd or oh. something. You know, that would be devastating if, if the mama lose the baby. If you got a fast baby, you got to exactly. do everything you can no, to prevent and, that and fast babies baby. Babies are super fast. Like, they are. They do things by super <laughs> okay. fast. Yeah. Okay. I, I, I don't know if I should say it. <laughs> Betty is not the fastest. So no, when you no, say, no. Betty, when oh. you say that babies are super fast, Compared to Tia Tortuga, I think is what they call yeah, you, which turtle. is turtle yeah. uh, ant, uh, that you're not, you're, yeah, you're, yeah you would yeah, need a leash. My nieces call me <laughs> Tia Tortuga, which is like a uh, tortuga. But like babies are fast. Yeah. yeah, that is true. All right. Uh, one last thing that I saw in here as far as I, I told you I was going to do one last one, but I have one more. Um, uh, ten hobbies or ten interests that make people undateable, people you should not undateable. be in relationships with. All yes. right. Tell me, undateable? Interesting. Okay. Um, pranking people, like if you're just mean with pranks, that you shouldn't date somebody like that. Someone who's obsessed with celebrity culture is number two on this list. I thought number three was interesting. Someone who's obsessed with politics. Doesn't matter what side of the aisle, Uh-oh. either side. Yeah. Someone who's obsessed with them and talks yeah. about them too much. Well, uh, <laughs> when you can uh-huh. put your phone or your computer down, mm-hmm. uh, like just you are like I don't know, researching of politics, yeah, could be unhealthy. I think uh, there is. I think it's unhealthy. There should be time for yeah. everything in your life, you know. Yeah, no, like especially uh, when you gotta go to bed and uh, you have to put down your cell phone or yes. your computer, yes. or whatever. You gotta detach, yes. and I don't do that. I'm yes. trying. I'm trying to learn. Yeah, the body needs to recover. My mom. Energy. My mom just texted me. You know all my family members. She asked you to guess which child needed a leash you crack no my brother oh, really lars, lars that's he, he needed need yeah. a leash he was going he was going yeah, crazy that's yeah true. Nah, he i didn't used need a leash. To chase a dog yeah he used to do all kinds of stuff <laughs> uh he, there's some <laughs> other names for my brother i can't say on the radio because uh he'll get sad uh, yeah, but they, no. they were pretty funny at the time all right um those are some of the people you shouldn't uh date also people who are into bullfighting uh, made this list which i thought was interesting because mexico has a lot of bullfighters yes but apparently you shouldn't be in a relationship with any of them no they're bad no. Well, they are, yeah, I don't know. I, mm-hmm. I don't like those uh, events. They are kind okay. of cruel for oh, the really? animals. Okay. Yes. I don't know that. I don't know anything about it. I don't, yeah, I've usually, never been to one. I don't want to say it, but... Not to say whatever you want. The, the bull and, and stay kind of trapped. Oh, really? Or, uh, wow. or, the, or, or the guy who is like playing with the animal yeah. gets uh, injured, too. So right. it's kind of like a cruel so sport. So if thing. I was a great bullfighter, you wouldn't, uh, you wouldn't have had any interest in me? Uh, I don't know. But I'm a radio host who (laughs) would be very afraid of a bull, and that's good. Yes, that's a super thing. (laughs) All right. Uh, It's that time. Uh, You're teaching a Spanish one word at a time, all of central Illinois. Uh, do you know what your Spanish word of the day is today? Yeah, I just just got it from this segment. It's gastroenterologo. 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 Okay, I got it. That one's not that hard. Gastroenterologist. It's similar. Yeah, it's very similar. That's a good word, though. Yeah. Uh, and you think I should go to one, probably, You need too. to go to a gastroenterologo. <laughs> I think every, what, every, everybody what should go. At, uh, just do a checkup. I mean, uh-huh. it's just like a regular checkup, you know. You want to go your, with me? Your uh, microbiome mm-hmm. is, is healthy or... Uh, yeah. When I'm when I'm there getting checked, you want to stand next to me and be like, he farts at night. There's a lot of farting at night. Check on that. <laughs> no, no, Check on that. I don't know what's going on there. No, no, okay. No. All right. I love you. Talk to you later. See you later. Quick Thank break. You, a lot more. 1470. 100 point. com. I deserve congratulations.
1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Thrilled to have you with us. Bunch of stuff to talk about. Uh, let's do two pieces of viral audio, shall we? Uh, the first one, I guess, is a social media prank in which a young person, uh, typically a young woman, uh, calls Pop and tells Dad that she just got hired as an offshore oil rig worker and doesn't seem to really know what the job is. Like, she's excited, it pays a lot, but she's unsure of some of the details of how the position works. And uh, Dad has to immediately try to explain uh, to his 20-something daughter that it's probably not a job she's going to enjoy. You're of ExxonMobil? Yes. It's like an oil company? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I saw, like, a job posting and I applied. It's an apprenticeship yeah. opportunity in an offshore oil rig, and it pays so much money. Oh, oh, my God. Yeah, you're in the middle of the ocean. The wind is blowing. It's probably one of the most dangerous jobs in the world. But they offered me it, and they said you'd get trained. Yeah, you may die. Why did they offer me it? Do they think I can do it? <laughs> That's insanity. <laughs> don't do that. Don't be an oil rig worker. Come on. I don't think a lot of dads would actually believe uh, their daughters would get hired for those gigs. Because if you don't know what ExxonMobil is, that probably wasn't a great interview. Like uh, when you're sitting down and chatting about what's going to happen over the next set of however many months, you're off at sea. Uh, feels like that's not a good decision. All right. Another one that I like a lot is this that's going viral right now. And I think it's resurfaced uh, before uh, this is a 1950s mom. Now, granted, it's it's like a drama. They're they're acting on public television, uh, telling her daughter. This is the 1950s. How to talk to boys on the telephone. Uh, this world is gone. We don't have this world anymore. I know how it is. Before long, you'll be able to talk like the wind with any boy who calls you up. Now, believe me, you will. Right now, <laughs> while you're becoming an adult, you know. The thing to do if you're worried about this phone business is to try to think of a way of getting the better of it. Oh, what sort of way? Well, why don't you pretend that uh, whoever calls you is Tom? Have the feeling that you're talking to your brother. I don't think that would work. I just run out of words again. <laughs> oh, well, it may not work, but there's no harm in trying, is there? Come on! Nobody's going to call me up anyway. Uh, people don't call each other anymore now either. Uh, where Almost nobody does phone calls anymore. That's so sad. Honestly, that makes me sadder than anything else about that uh, very old-sounding uh, 1950s drama uh, on television is that nobody dials the phone. And you can dial somebody and they don't answer. Uh, you almost never talk to anybody that I speak to uh, with technology is my age or older. Uh, if, if they're a certain age... Uh, younger than me, they don't know how to speak into a microphone. Although they, they could in an interview, I think, here at the station. Uh, but other than that, they're like, no, I just want to type. I just want my fingers to do all my talking. I don't want to say any words out loud at all. All right. Another thing I saw that I really enjoyed, the Florida Man games were apparently a giant success. Uh, this is the inaugural ones. Uh, they went down in uh, St. Augustine, Florida. I'm disappointed because I'll be in Florida on Friday. Um, and I would have loved to see some of this stuff. Uh, but apparently all the contests were, were huge hits. Uh, the mullet contest, the mud duel, uh, which actually included pool noodles. <laughs> you had people fight in the mud with pool noodles. And you're like, yeah, this is a fun event. Everybody, come on out. Uh, there was evading and arrest obstacle course, uh, which actually had cops chasing people. Um, I, can't, I can't get over that. That I got to feel like here's the thing. I know why the cops did that. I know why people volunteered to be part of Florida man and the evading the police thing, because half those people that are doing that are probably going to do something stupid at some point, And you're probably going to chase them down and arrest them. The cops were writing down the names. They're like, and where do you live? OK, good. We just need to know just for reference sake. Uh, those were some of the events. 
Uh, there were several other events that people participated in. Uh, the best quote from a guy whose name is uh, James Gordon, or Commissioner Jim Gordon is what I'd like to call him. He won the barbecue pork and sausage speed eating contest. I want to go here. I want to go here a lot. The barbecue pork and sausage speed eating contest is one of my favorite things I've ever said into the radio. Uh, I've lived in Florida my whole life. They're calling these events, but I'm calling them a Tuesday. That's what the guy who won one of the events said at the Florida Man competition <laughs> that has also gone viral. Uh, this is amazing. I think we, we actually do have some audio that I can play, too, of this. So why not? Let's go ahead and play. Drinking beer, having fun with our friends, and then jousting somebody. Wild, messy, and hilarious. Alligators, nudity, and drugs. We... Couldn't Whoa. get nudity and we couldn't get drugs. But Good. we definitely got alligators Good. out there for sure. Man, honestly, because I love God and I love America, and I'm here to be a Florida man. <laughs> I like that one, too. I love God and I love America, and I'm here to be a Florida man. That's great. Although sometimes Florida feels more like America than some other parts of America. And then other times, maybe not. I don't know. Uh, but I do love that. And I think we should. I don't know what we would do if there was like a Peoria man competition or even, you know, a, a Bartonville man competition. Tell me what that looks like. Uh, if you want to take shots at each other, go ahead and send me texts and say which competition would be the worst. Uh, Pekin, uh, a man. Tell me which one would be the craziest and do the most stuff. Uh, you can text me at 309-340-4464. If you make the joke good enough, I'll read it on the air of what events you'd expect at the event for any of or the, you know, a competition for any of the places around us. Uh, another thing out there that I thought was interesting a woman had her $800,000 injury claim thrown out after joining a Christmas tree throwing contest. I almost put this in a good story, bad story because of how funny this is. Um, and I feel like this is something you've seen a bunch in TV and movies. But the woman's 36. She was in an accident. She filed a lawsuit. She wanted basically a million dollars, 825000 Invest that properly. You're going to have a million in no time. Uh, she said she was totally disabled on the left side of her body. Uh, now, a part of me actually gets mad when I read that because I know a lot of veterans who are disabled and uh, lying about being disabled is something that should make a lot of people mad because it's it's incredibly it's just like awfully, um, you know, uh, inhuman. There, there's no heart in there if you're doing this stuff. But anyway, uh, she's in uh, Ireland. She got in a car accident. Uh, it was seven years ago. Uh, she's still waiting on her $825,000. Uh, but in the meantime, she worked herself up to the ability uh, to join a Christmas tree throwing contest uh, where the top prize was not almost a million dollars. There's even a photo of her online throwing a Christmas tree. Uh, she's actually heaving it, uh, a large uh, spruce tree. I don't know why I needed that information, but it's included in here. And so that is something the insurance company will use a surprise, surprise, to try to reject that claim. I'm not sure if you're aware of that. Oh, we just got some texts from people. Pekin Man would probably be okay. He would probably be um, uh, something. He would be He would be not in his right mind, and it would not be alcohol that he would have had. Thank you for that to the texter who just said that would be what Pekin Man is. Uh, tell me any more. I don't know. Um, I know that Greg Batten's very proud of being Pekin, from Pekin, so I'm not sure he would agree with that. We might have to get his uh, reaction to it. Uh, but um, I think the Florida man competitions is funny, and I would like to see one uh, here to recap. Uh, one other quick thing uh, before we throw it to the news, and TJ takes over, and I don't know if he's a Christmas tree throwing kind of person himself. I, I imagine he is not, uh, but you never know uh, how people uh, find their hobbies. You never know what people discover. Um, I thought this was interesting. The cost of living in 1962 went viral online, and people are reacting to how how crazy it is. Now, granted, 
people didn't make the money we make now, but inflation is terrible and it's been horrible and it's made things much, much worse. Uh, but you're not going to enjoy a lot of these things. I'm going to tell you a new house was twelve thousand bucks, twelve thousand five hundred dollars. That's the that's the cost of living and buying that home. The average income was five thousand five hundred and fifty six dollars a year. A new car was a little under three grand. The average rent was a hundred bucks a month. Uh, tuition to Harvard University was one thousand five hundred twenty dollars. Uh, they were not quite what they are now, so I don't know if it's worth the same amount uh, that it was worth then because of all the stances they have on certain things. A movie ticket cost a dollar. Uh, gasoline was twenty-seven cents. Uh, a stamp was only four cents. I love how people use a stamp as a barometer. Um, I actually know somebody who, like, when we talk about costs, will bring up a stamp. Will be like, and now a stamp costs this, and I have no idea what it costs. But I love that. I love that. That's one of several barometers to where we know things are nuts. Uh, Some of the other ones that went viral on this list from 1962, 89 cents for 10 pounds of sugar. Uh, Vitamin D milk was a dollar. Ground coffee was 85 cents. Bacon, 69 cents. Uh, Eggs, 32 cents. Ground hamburger was 40 cents. And a fresh baked uh, loaf of bread, 21 cents back in 1962. That is awesome. Um, I actually also love uh, Nate uh, Bargetzi's joke about time travel and how he said he would be worthless if he somehow traveled back in time because he doesn't know any of the stuff that that is in our society. Like He didn't want to make any of it. So he probably would just get a bad job and work uh, until he retired for, you know, the same thing as everybody else. And I love that joke so much because I, I think it's true for me, too. If I went back in time, I couldn't make an iPhone. I couldn't create a lot of the things that I'd need to impress people and make a tremendous living. So I'd probably just be happy that I remember a time when, you know, a gasoline was way crazier than 27 cents, man. That's nice. I'm trying not to get mad as I say that because of how awesome it sounds at that price. All right. Uh, we'll take a break. After the break, we'll do something I do every single day at 5 o'clock. It's called the Top 5 at 5. Those are the five biggest stories of the day. According to me, I put them in order. Because I'm told you like that better. Uh, no, honestly, I'm putting them in order because it's radio. And I think we have to. I think it's actually required. Uh, so that's coming up in just a bit after the news. Uh, eight, it is 1470, 100.3 uh, WMBD. That's an AM and an FM. And live everywhere on the 5728 Equal Housing Lender. Fourteen seventy. 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. If you listen to me every day at this time, you know that I'm about to do something as soon as I find it in my hot keys, which I totally didn't set up, and that's so damn here we go. It's time for oh, the perfect. Top 5 at 5 on the Craig Collins Show. That's right. It's the Top 5 at 5, the five biggest stories of the day. I put them in order because I was asked to, or I was told to by a consultant I trust, or some version of whatever you want to know about that. All right, let's go first to this one, number, number five. Thank you, David Letterman. At number five, I debated where I wanted to go, but I'm actually going to put Trump here. And there's a bunch of Trump stories. Uh, First, uh, Biden and Trump are both going to be at the border uh, this week. I don't know what that does. Um, I know that you should go at least once. And Biden has gone now. And you see it's real bad. And then you decide, I got to do something about this. And then you hopefully go back to your job as our president and do stuff. Uh, But that didn't happen last time. Uh, Stuff didn't get any better. So I don't really know why they go uh, when they're going multiple times. And I know a lot of people call for presidents to go. But if they have no interest in actually solving the problem, then they're doing a photo op and leaving. And so that makes no sense to me, at least when it comes to Biden. Uh, But Trump will also be there. And it'll be interesting to see if those headlines uh, wind up being as as big as just Trump headlines alone. 
I think it was Kevin O'Leary that said uh, recently that Trump has like 80 percent of all the free news coverage of anybody in politics. And that dominance is tremendously important uh, to the success of of him as a a political person. Uh, And it seems to be true. It doesn't matter what we talk about, positive, negative. uh, Trump is is a focal point of conversation. Uh, He is appealing his five hundred and forty five million dollar judgment. Which needs to, which means he needs to put even more money in a bond, and he's probably very likely. Even I think CBS's expert said uh, that case was sort of ridiculous, and the judge and how he behaved in that case uh, is likely to have made it fairly easy to uh, appeal and get a a new uh, case, at the very least, if not get the thing totally thrown out. But that's the road that uh, the former president will be going. Uh, that is one of a couple Trump stories. These are all number five. I didn't want to separate these. Uh, the most important one to me of the five uh, of these three at five is prosecutors are now trying to once again put a gag order on the former president as he runs for the role of president of our country. No more important job, I've heard. I think it's the most important one. And he's going to be told what he can and what he can't talk about potentially uh, by a New York uh, court that is still talking about Stormy Daniels when most people probably don't care about that Trump story anymore. Even the ones who cared a lot before, it's probably not in their Wheelodex of, of things they even are paying attention to, or Rolodex, I think is the word I was looking for. Wheelodex sounds cool, though. Um, so I don't know. I just I imagine that it's going to be something that's distracting, and the gag order will be overly um, you know, uh, punitive and ridiculous. And honestly, you just take shots if you're uh, Trump, regardless of if you deserve them or not. And some probably are deserved, a lot are not. Uh, and it doesn't matter. Uh, it's, it benefits you to take shots. It benefits you to, to shoot back. Uh, so that's that's true. All right, that's number five on my list. Let's do this. Number four. I put this here, and I don't know how people are going to feel about it, but I'm gonna I'm gonna do it anyway. Uh, number four, and ABC News and a bunch of other stories are covering it. Um, uh, kids in a high school in Oklahoma have walked out because a student there had been bullied, um, and the student identifies as an LGBTQ thing. A non-binary is is in the ABC News story. Uh, They got in a fight with several other students uh, the day before uh, and died. So um, a kid in a high school has died. Um, And I'm not I'm not saying that because I don't know the aspects. I'm just I'm trying to, to evaluate what we're doing in society by not only and I'm not going to say that I'm I'm against any of the encouragement of whatever it is uh, the kids are, are saying and talking about today, but but the idea that there's so much political definition uh, between that stuff or anything. Like, honestly, if a high school kid told me anything and I'm not actually their parent, I probably would look at them and be like, all right, whatever you said is is fine for you. Uh, it's not fine for me. And I mean that way beyond LGBTQ. I mean, like, if someone w- walked up to me and said they were an alligator, I'd be like, okay, that doesn't it doesn't change my life. It doesn't change your life. Uh, but now a kid has died uh, because not only are kids having conversations that I didn't really have a lot when I was younger, uh, they're getting very angry uh, on all sides of those conversations uh, because of some of what's going on in our society. Now, as I say that, I don't think that means that anything and everything that people say is appropriate or they want to govern uh, is okay because we're going to make everybody feel good. We're going to make everybody uh, feel, you know, whatever. Uh, that, that doesn't make sense to me either. And if parents want to protect their kids uh, from certain conversations, uh, that does absolutely make sense to me. But it just seems we're at a place where, where the start of this fight must have been uh, to a very, very opposing viewpoints on an often discussed political topic, and it, it caused a kid to be dead. 
Um, and I don't know if, if the kid even identified as non-binary or however I say that because of society, uh, more so than because of, of a genuine desire to do that, which, which feels like more and more uh, there are young people uh, who are saying and, and behaving uh, in ways that might not be the way they feel in a few years because there's a, a societal pressure to do it. Uh, there almost is a pressure to not be, um, you know, uh, simple. Uh, not be a, a guy who's a straight guy and a white guy and, uh, you know, just going to school and, and that's what you are. I, I don't know. But I've heard a lot of parents say that there's almost something strange about, like, a need to have some sort of aspect to you. But it's absolutely a tragedy. And, and the kids walked out and they said that they want the school to do more uh, to protect people. And, and I wonder if part of it is finding that that perfect uh, arrow uh, through this conversation, uh, which uh, differentiates from what someone is forced to do that doesn't agree with you and what you do to protect someone that you don't agree with. Because uh, I know that even when I talk to military guys, like I fought for everybody. I don't care who they voted for. I don't care you know, what they were doing. I protected them. And kids deserve to be protected. But I wonder if we're forcing this is the best way I say it whenever I say it, at least in my opinion. I wonder if we're forcing too many adult conversations on children. And yeah, high school kids are still children. All right. That's number four. Not exactly fun. Uh, number three. Let's go to number three on this list. Number three is a, a giant story. Uh, probably beyond just the United States, a giant world story. Uh, Sweden has cleared its final hurdle and is going to join NATO. Uh, Hungary decided to approve. Uh, so this is a, a big deal. Um, um, and we'll see uh, if there is any sort of reaction or any sort of behavior from uh, Russia on this. Uh, the one thing that does matter in the context of this conversation, I'll just do it quickly because I'm running out of time now on this topic. Uh, in my opinion, um, and it, it's often uh, been talked about, that the biggest reason that Trump would stand against NATO, uh, however he did it, was because the other countries in NATO aren't doing enough to protect themselves. And it almost seems like every country that joins is relieved because they have access to the United States military. And that's not good. That's not a great way to position ourselves and position everyone else. So uh, more countries would be welcome in NATO, but NATO should behave uh, like a, a organization where every group is expected to put their their version of their best forward. And right now, many of those countries uh, do not. So I do understand the criticism for sure, uh, but it probably is also good to have more unity uh, that's anti-Russia at the same time. Uh, but again, just not hoping that you, you lean on the U.S. too much. All right, that's number three on this list. Number two. Number two on this list, another uh, intense story. I'm just very intense. Number one will not be intense. Uh, the Supreme Court uh, is going to debate a lot of stuff. Uh, several of those uh, conversations they're having right now will be very, very big. Uh, one of the most significant, though, uh, was talked about today, and it is laws in Florida and Texas that impose restrictions on the ability for social media companies to moderate content. Uh, the Supreme Court, in a four-hour oral argument today, seemed to demonstrate a likelihood of not agreeing with the states. Of, of there, there are some free speech concerns in the argument that being allowed to say anything and everything on the platforms owned by companies is not quite the version of something that is protected uh, by the First Amendment. I think this is wildly fascinating and interesting and maybe way more than you do, because uh, deciding how our social media, uh, the main platform most people talk on now, uh, is, is governed and how it's controlled is going to determine the outcome of our society. Uh, I think that's what Elon Musk's point, however good or bad it was, when you take over the Twitter. I think everybody uh, thinks that, that, and I do like the idea of an open platform outside of danger. If someone is doing something like saying they're going to hurt somebody else, that's, that's bad. Uh, you can't let that happen. If it's actually illegal, then it should be illegal online. But having uh, an opinion 
on something, no matter how much we agree or disagree with it, uh, shouldn't probably be the kind of thing that we also need to pull back on. But that's that's essentially at the heart of this conversation. So I think that's number two. And all right, let's do the last one. Number one. The number one story of the day to me because of how intense everything else was on that list and some of my uh, takes on them, which might not have been popular with everyone, but it is what it is. Uh, AT&T is deciding to give all of the customers uh, who were a part of that outage, that horrible, terrible outage uh, that occurred last week and was a big story for at least a day, uh, five bucks in a phone credit on their next bill as an apology. They, they want to do better. They want to be better. I'm sure that's in their uh, message somewhere. And beyond the wanting to do and, and be better, they also want you to have $5, um, which will do you very little <laughs> in the world of anything. And they actually aren't even giving you 5 bucks. They're taking $5 off the money you owe them. So, so that's their present. That would be like showing up at Christmas and being told that they didn't buy you any presents, but you don't owe them rent this month if you're living at home. And you'd be like, ah, cool. I mean, that's, that's, a, that's a win, I guess. But, uh, you know, I would have liked a, a gift. And honestly, not even all the rent. Uh, you'd probably get very little. Uh, but you should probably pay rent if you live at home, too, which no one does. So there, there's really a lot of aspects. I could, should have come up with a better example. All right. I'll take a break on that a lot more in a bit. 1470, 100.3 WMBD. It's the Craig Collins Show. Number one. No, oh, no, hold on. Hold on, Dave. Not you. Let's do this. Insurance company and affiliates not available in all states. Fourteen seventy, 100.3 WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. I usually like to be uh, silly uh, in a topic or a segment, that's what this is called, after I do a very serious one, but I can't help it. I want to talk more about one of the stories I put in my top five at five, uh, which is absolutely a tragedy. Um, a a non-binary student in Oklahoma uh, was beaten to death. Uh, there's no other way to say that. Uh, I guess uh, beaten to death after uh, going in a bathroom uh, by uh, girls, or we don't know all of the details, is what they're truly saying in the New York Times. Uh, and the uh, young person blacked out uh, after being beaten on a bathroom floor. Uh, police are still investigating certain aspects of this. Uh, the circumstances around pretty much everything have put the school, its officials, uh, resource officers, everybody into sort of a, a heightened state uh, within our, our country of, of awareness. And, and young people are walking out of schools uh, in protest of this. And I genuinely want to talk. I don't want to do this with the talking points version of a conversation where if you're on one side of the political aisle, you have one opinion. And if you're on another side of the political aisle, you have a different one uh, because that's damaging. I think that's that's harmful uh, to to our society. It doesn't have to be uh, based on talking points. You could just say it like humans. And so as a human being, the first thing I react to when I see a story like this is is the tragedy of it, the sadness of a family that loses a child who's a teenager, 16 years old. The second part I think about is the difference between a forced conversation and a desired one. And I'm going to explain that because that might not make any sense. A forced conversation to me is people that aren't really in of interest in having, you know, uh, certain societal norms or things be things that are, are part of their lives. Uh, they, they feel forced into uh, whatever the world is that they're, they're in now. And sometimes I think people adopt and change because of that. I think there are people who, who behave uh, because they feel pressure to do it a little bit disingenuous to who they actually are. And then I think there's people who truly believe uh, that they are, um, you know, not a man or a woman, whatever uh, we're talking about. Non-binary has uh, no specific um, sex in their mind. Uh, there are people that actually believe that, and there's people who I think have been uh, pressured by society to to explain something else about them or about their life or about how they feel, about what they think, and that's the explanation uh, they're being given. And so there, there's two things. 
I had in reaction to that. I wonder if there's a way to turn down the heat but still have conversations like this. You know what I mean? Uh, and, and if a bathroom is involved and other things are involved, I understand how there's aspects of that conversation where you'd say to yourself, I don't know if I can turn down the heat too, too much. Uh, but you definitely turn it down to where someone's not beaten on the floor and killed. And you, you just talk about whatever it is uh, that's important. And whatever it is that people are saying uh, is, you know, my opinion or, or someone else's opinion. And then here's the most powerful part. Uh, this is the tip of all tips, if I'm going to provide it to the world. You walk away disagreeing. Uh, no matter what it is you, you disagree on, you just walk away uh, disagreeing and, and the world hasn't changed. Um, people uh, believe different things in a lot of different ways. And, and accepting that idea seems harder and harder by the day for a lot of us um, when the reality is as long as it's not forced on you, then whatever is going on that's not something that involves you, uh, a lot of people tell me they don't care. And so I just think it's sad that when we have uh, this version of hyper-focus on some of these things, that I, I think we wind up in a place where uh, kids in a high school are fighting and, and uh, one kid gets beat to death uh, on the ground. Um, and I, I can't um, fathom what that would be like for the parents, regardless of what you think of the individual or any of the the conversations around the person. Um, I just can't, I can't fathom it. So it, it's a big story today in some places. It's probably a taboo story for others to talk about. Uh, but I don't care. Um, that's that's the opinion I have now in a lot of stuff. I just, uh, I'll be fine. It'll be great. And so text me if you think I'm wrong. Text me if you think I'm right. Text me if you, I don't care at all about this conversation. And honestly, uh, kids are getting shot in classrooms. Kids are getting killed in classrooms. So this story will probably be bigger uh, than other stories where kids lose their lives because of the aspects of it uh, that make media like it more and make media want to talk about it more. And there's a version of shame in that too, uh, but nonetheless, it doesn't mean that it makes it any less tragic that a kid uh, was killed. All right. Now, I'm going to move on to something way, way less intense uh, before we take a break. I'm going to call it a palate cleanser, uh, hopefully several palate cleansers. And, and honestly, I'm just I'm just sharing what I think with you uh, today on the show. So uh, if you hate it, if you like it, if it makes you mad at me, I think the, the point of my comment was that I don't think that rage needs to play a part in, in discussion. I think you can discuss things and, and walk away again without agreeing on them. Anyway, all right. Uh, this is the other thing I thought was interesting before we uh, head off to news. And then I come back and do this one more time for another half hour. Uh, the once um, famous movies that young people are now saying are uncomfortable. Uh, I think the word they use is cringe. Uh, these are movies that are that are no longer appropriate by today's standard. Number one on the list was Ghostbusters. And for the life of me, I can't figure out what about Ghostbusters is wrong. I don't know what in that movie, if anything in that movie, the 1984 one, the one I liked a lot as a kid, in today's society is like inappropriate. They they cross the streams and blow up the Marshmallow Man. I don't know what was bad about that. Do you know what was bad, DJ, about Ghostbusters? I don't know. I've never seen it. You've never seen the Ghostbusters? No. Why not, man? When did you grow up? What What's going on? How old were you in 1984? That's when I was born. <laughs> was it? Yeah. I was born in 85. Yeah. So yeah, um, you didn't see it when you got a little bit older, five, six, seven. You didn't. You didn't no. Get in it? Okay. No, right. no, that was a um, right. that was a rough time in my childhood. Okay. All right. I yeah. got gotcha. you. So not a lot of Ghostbusters. No. Well, maybe that was why you you needed a little Ghostbusters in your life. Then you know maybe that would have helped. I don't think I was aware of its existence. <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, Sixteen Candles yeah. is number two on this list of something that's not appropriate in today's society. Uh, I don't know why. Uh, Forrest Gump came in at number three. You think anything bad oh. about Forrest Gump? Maybe the character and his portrait. <laughs> I don't know. It- All right. I don't know. 
Uh, my wife loves Forrest Gump, by the way. She thinks it's a great movie. I've yeah. seen that, yeah. yeah. She's a big fan of, of the Tom Hanks, too. All right. Well, I'm going to take a break on that. Yeah. Uh, this is as good of a palate cleanser as I could get. Uh, we're coming back with definitely not uh, serious stuff uh, in just a bit. AM, it's 1470. FM, 100.3. Uh, everywhere, if you download the WMBD radio app or tell your smart speaker to play WMBD radio, here's TJ Carson live and local in the WMBD radio newsroom. Craig, a government shutdown looms as funding for federal programs is expected to run out soon. The Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell, he says there will not be a shutdown. There is an agreement on a top-line spending figure. However, there is no deal on how Congress spends the money. So there's a chance of a weekend shutdown. Conservatives believe greenlighting all spending at current levels for the rest of the fiscal year saves money. That prevents new spending. So the right is now pushing a long-term punt until fall. But the military consumes more than half of all money Congress allocates each year. So renewing the old funding is unduly harsh to the Pentagon. There is little time for House Speaker Mike Johnson to avoid a shutdown. Fox's Chad Program on Capitol Hill. President Biden will meet with congressional leaders tomorrow to talk about legislation to keep the government open. More at WMBDRadio.com. The Federal Trade Commission and eight states are suing to block supermarket chain Kroger's $25 billion deal to buy smaller rival Albertsons, saying it would boost grocery prices for millions of Americans. The deal, which would create a grocery empire with more than 4,000 stores has drawn tough scrutiny from lawmakers and consumer groups worried about higher grocery prices, job losses, store closures, and diminishing choice for consumers. The FTC charged the deal will eliminate fierce competition between Kroger and Albertsons, leading to higher prices for groceries and other essential household items for millions of Americans. Illinois is one of the states involved in the lawsuit. The chair of the Republican National Committee will be stepping down. Ronna McDaniel says she's going to leave the RNC within a matter of days, but her departure is also sparking new questions about the party's direction right in the middle of a presidential election. McDaniel has been the RNC chair since 2017. She is the niece of Utah Senator Mitt Romney and a longtime supporter of Donald Trump. In a statement, McDaniel writes, I have decided to step aside at our spring training on March 8th in Houston to allow our nominee to select a chair of their choosing. The RNC has historically undergone change once we have a nominee, and it has always been my intention to honor that tradition. Fox's Mark Meredith, former President Donald Trump, endorsed North Carolina GOP Chairman Michael Watley to be the next RNC chair. WMBD News is brought to you by Presley's Outdoors. Fishing season is quickly upon us, and Presley's has hundreds of new fishing items in stock. Lures, rods, reels, and more. See it all at thestandardheat.com. WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Let's talk about a couple things here. First, uh, the AP is getting slammed for framing uh, Lakin Riley's murder on dangers of female athletes instead of talking about the fact that it's an illegal immigrant that's here in this country uh, that killed her. Um, That person is from Venezuela. Uh, I I wonder why... Uh, and I'm only going to do this quickly because I feel like I've kind of been talking about this for a lot now in one way, shape or form. But I, I wonder why so many conversations now about horrible things that happen uh, where tragedy exists and where an evil person exists. Uh, then focus on the description of the individual or the description of the event or whatever, it, like whatever narrative gets added to it uh, to say that that's a bigger deal than the death of the person. I don't really understand that part. Uh, Yes, we should have a closed border. Yes, having people come in illegally is bad. And yes, people who are here illegally who commit crimes is is uniquely bad. 
Uh, but that being said, um, you know, whatever the narrative uh, version of this conversation is, uh, the probably more important one to all the people that actually know this human being is that uh, she was killed. Um, and they're not going to talk about her being a female athlete and that being the problem. They're really not going to talk about any of that stuff. Uh, they're just going to talk about how tragic it is. Um, but all right, let's move on. Some other things out there in the world that I think are are interesting and hopefully a little bit less. You know, it's funny is I'm thinking of ways that I'm trying to turn down the heat in the conversations uh, that I'm having. And yet the heat is a uh, record high uh, in like literal sense outside in the world. Uh, the volatile week of weather is setting up for a um, uh, a lot of records. A hundred different records are likely to be broken. Um, to kick off the week, highs as much as 30 to 45 degrees above average uh, will lead to nearly 70 records today and close to 50 records tomorrow. Uh, we're going to have a, a record transition from awesome weather to terrible weather. I don't know if it'll actually be record setting. Uh, that's what they say. Uh, tomorrow afternoon, we're going to see a lot of, a lot of craziness uh, and, you know, a lot of uncomfortableness. And, and my only reaction to, to this story is, that of course it's probably also going to have a narrative added to it uh, that I don't I don't really care about. I just like the the nice weather. It's awesome in February on the 26th to walk outside and feel like it's nice out. Like there's there's something that's really really nice about that. Even if it's just a day or two that you get that nice reprieve from all the all the stuff uh, that's going on in the world and all the stuff that happens typically this time of year as far as uh, temperatures go. All right, uh, one other thing uh, that I'm just going to throw out there uh, already did. A good story, bad story. Did I do good story, bad story? Actually, I didn't. You know what? Screw that. Screw this topic. All right, fine. I'll do it quick. And then I'll do good story, bad story. I can't believe I forgot good story, bad story. It's sitting there in front of me. Uh, do that is what it says. Um, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom is facing another recall attempt in California. Uh, people are not happy with him. Um, and I love the fact that he's actually talked about as the heir apparent to Biden because he's as popular in California, it seems, as Biden is on a national level with his own party, with people on his own side of the aisle. Uh, they seem unhappy with him, but that's a thing going on, too. All right, let's do good story, bad story, and then we'll take a break. Um, or, well, I'll take a pause. Uh, first, I thought this was a good one. A study in Finland found grandparents have a huge impact on grandkids' lives and also on the mental health of the parents. Uh, researchers say it's uh, especially true with single moms. You know what's so interesting about that? My grandfather wasn't in my life for a long time. Uh, I was a relatively little kid when we when we left, um, you know, uh, being close to, to him. I was like 10, 11 years old. And yet I remember him so fondly. And I was raised by a single mom. And so I, I remember grandpa giving me my first set of golf clubs. I remember him telling me the right way to eat a steak. I remember all kinds of things uh, that he, he sort of, you know, told me, like, this is the right way to live this life, son. And it was actually part of the, the reason I do a good story, bad story is because grandpa used to say everything's not good. There's bad stuff, too. Uh, so I don't know. I just I have a vivid amount of memories of of my grandfather. So I absolutely believe this. And it's great research. And, and if you have a grandparent in your life, hug them, I guess, is my other thing. And then the other one, a trial camera in Colorado spotted a dog that was lost in an avalanche 11 months ago. A trail, excuse me, trial, a trail a camera. Uh, the owner almost died in it and uh, never lost hope. His dog made it out. So apparently after 11 months, dog's doing fine. Uh, they're hoping to track uh, him down and bring him home. Um, they know that he's OK via the camera, though. Uh, people have actually donated $40,000 to a GoFundMe campaign to get this dog out of uh, the area in Colorado where he's stuck, uh, which is pretty cool. I like that. I like that people care that much. All right, those are the good stories. Let's do uh, the bad story real quick. Uh, the bad story to me, um, I I want to do this in, like, phases. First, a woman 
uh, goes into a, a store. She's 33 years old. She shoplifts some stuff, and she gets arrested. She's in trouble. Uh, that probably wouldn't be enough to make bad story. Her name's Robin, by the way. And then you read more stuff about it. She's a cop. And not only is she a cop, she was in uniform. She was actually working. Her cruiser was outside. And I, I, I like cops. I, I like to be very pro-cop. Uh, but this woman is not good at this job of being a cop. If you, if you get out of your cop car and go into a store and steal stuff from a Dick's Sporting Goods, I guess a $140 pair of shoes, an employee watches you do it, and they call 911. I really, I really do genuinely wonder like, how you even think you're, you're getting away with that. Uh, and the best part, the part that probably stung the most for this person, is she wound up getting um, you know, caught and arrested and driven to the police station in her police cruiser, just in the back of it. I can't, I can't understand how this happens. But here is a, a chief, the chief of police in that area, uh, talking about how ridiculous it is that they arrested one of their own police officers in uniform while working for shoplifting. We have a job to do. We're held to a higher standard. The community is just starting to trust us. And to take this gut punch really hurts. Uh, that's why we fulfilled our obligation, not only to the store, but to this community. Yeah, you got to arrest somebody, uh, no matter who they are. Honestly, I, I say that, too. And actually, I think a lot of cops say it, that bad cops deserve to get in trouble. Uh, that makes the profession better. Uh, it's definitely a bad thing to decide that all cops are bad because you see a story about a cop being bad. But if, if cops are not following the law, they're not above it. Uh, they they should be caught and, and you know, um, held to the same standard, uh, which is, uh, by the way, interesting when you also see the mugshot of this human. Uh, she did not think she was getting arrested. Um, I, I got to assume she thought she was the only cop in the area. It would have been crazy. The one thing I thought of, and this is where my brain goes, it's probably not good. These are the places my brain goes. Is like, what if she answered the phone? I know 911 doesn't route to, directly to cops. But in the off chance that it did, and I know it doesn't, I know it can't, but that would have been the craziest part to me. If someone called 911, she picks up the phone, she's like, yeah, what do you want? Like, you're stealing shoes. She's like, shut up. I'm taking these shoes, and they're mine, and you can't do anything about it. That's, that's just the only part of it. that I Because I think she probably stole them with that level of arrogance uh, that she was, she was going to get away with it, and no one was going to question her. And, uh, in fact, that is not true. That is not how that works. The city council even had a special meeting about it the next day and unanimously voted uh, to fire her. Uh, the chief of police called the whole incident embarrassing for the entire department. Uh, even though it's really not, uh, in honesty, it just should be embarrassing for that one woman and the decision she made to steal stuff while wearing her cop uniform. All right, quick break, a lot more, 1470, WMBD, it's the Craig Collins Show. Uh, Getting a lot of texts uh, today, uh, mostly people just being nice, uh, which is very kind. Uh, Thank you for that. Uh, By the way, I mentioned it once already. I'll mention again that I am going on vacation uh, this Friday. Uh, I'll be in Florida. Uh, that's that's a vacation that I'm going on, uh, just so you know. Uh, and I don't have any other days of vacation planned. Um, let's do this real quick. Uh, do straws actually cause lip wrinkles? A plastic surgeon revealed the answer. Okay, see, there's so many conversations uh, that you could take such a silly approach to and be like, no, or yes, they, they might cause them, but who cares? 
Uh, lip wrinkles are not the end of the world if you have some, and, and straws are fine. <laughs> but the thing that I find so interesting about stuff like this, and the, the Stanley Tumblr is, is a catalyst to this conversation, by the way. It's, it's forcing us uh, down these paths. The thing I find so interesting is when did we start caring about lip wrinkles? Like, what, what is happening? Is it, is it social media? Is it that we're all taking selfies? We carry cameras in our pockets all the time. There are so many things. Uh, this is a rant. I'm, I'm all of a sudden very angry. Uh, there are so many things in our society that I feel like we talk about way too much. And not because, you know, uh, if you don't think what I think, that, that I have to get you to agree with me or it's bad that you don't think. I just think we don't need to talk about it all. We, we could totally miss some of this stuff and be fine. And people who you know, are, are more concerned with lip wrinkles. I guess they can uh, create a club and talk about it on Facebook. But, like, who cares is part of uh, the response that you could have to a lot of topics. A smoker's lip is ugly. Thank you for that text. I, I didn't know. Uh, you're right. If it, gets, if it gets real crazy, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, but uh, I don't know. To, to me, I think apathy is allowed in certain situations. Not if people are getting hurt. That's not an okay time to be apathetic. But, like, in general, if there's a list of topics that I don't have much of an opinion on. It doesn't really involve me. I don't really anticipate. It's like when you actually learned math or something in school, and there was that one kid that's like, we're never going to use this, a version of geometry or whatever it is. And then the teacher's like, yes, you are, you moron. (laughs) I like the way I just did that. Or however it goes. Like I feel like there's a lot of that uh, going on now. And you definitely do need math, uh, by the way, in life, kids. Uh, You're going to have to try at it. Um, But I I just think we we over-focus uh, as a society and maybe media, so maybe I'm part of the problem, on a lot of these issues that, that they don't impact your life. Uh, they're not changing your life. You want stuff to cost less money. Uh, you want to be able to to do things, you know, without absolutely no money in your bank account. Uh, you, you want basic things, and then you don't want to be harmed by other people. And I think we can all live up to that, or at least we can try to live up to that. That feels like enough. Uh, I saw this story. Uh, I thought this was interesting, too. Uh, Gen Z and millennials are rushing to claim tax refunds amid the costs of living crisis, is how it's described. Um, any kind of a refund that you can figure out. It's very odd to me that many people um, in my, I'm, a, I'm an older millennial. I'm in my late 30s now that many people like don't know how to do their taxes and I don't know how to do them well. I know that if I, I want to do like real well, find all the, the um, things to get out of, uh, that I need to hire somebody. you got to get somebody that's uh, specialized in that to, to go over that with you and do it. But most of us can figure out the basics, uh, the, you, you know, the Internet version of going through your taxes and then TurboTax telling me or whatever the program is you use, you've done some things wrong. Then you need to go back and reconsider them. But apparently a whole lot of Gen Z and millennials are, are filing and, you know, trying harder uh, than they've ever tried before uh, to make sure that they're using whatever deductions they can uh, to get out of the ridiculous amount of, of cost for things. Uh, I don't know. Uh, that, that also is something where if you're going to try all that on your own, uh, hopefully you actually know what you're doing, because uh, otherwise that can that can bite you in another way. I would think that if you don't want to go aggressive on the taxes, do them yourself. If you want to go aggressive on the taxes, get somebody else to do them. Uh, that's just me. That's just my thought. All right. Another thing out there that I thought was uh, kind of interesting, uh, and I guess it's, it's something that people are uh, continuing to debate about, and I, I think I mentioned it kind of quickly uh, earlier on, uh, but there's a lot of Big Mac stories. Um, I, I mentioned one of them, that there's a doctor that thinks the Big Mac should have a warning label on it. So when you get it, or the double Big Mac, I think, it's going to tell you that it's not good for your health. Not that you don't know that, and not that it's not delicious and you're going to enjoy it the whole time. Uh, but another Big Mac story out there is someone who's disgusted by how the onions are prepared at McDonald's. Um, and here I have two things, two, two thoughts on this. 
The first one, whenever this stuff goes viral of how the restaurant makes the thing, I wonder if it's really how the restaurant makes the thing. I know it's a worker usually in the back room doing something, however it is they're doing it. Um, but I wonder if that really is the way it looks everywhere. But anyway, at McDonald's, apparently, uh, there's just a lot of ice water um, and then a lot of onions kind of in the water and they're plucked out and that's how they're used. Uh, first, you get two packs of dehydrated onions and you put them in the container. Uh, you continue to um, you know, wait on that whole thing for them to rehydrate. And then, as I said, you, you pluck them out, you chuck them in the fridge, you let them cool down more, and then you, uh, you use them. And so they, they thought it was disgusting and gross that these are essentially uh, uh, freeze-dried and then, you know, used. I don't care about any of that. Why does that matter uh, either? Like, honestly, I, <laughs> I like the, the version of like, I don't care about any of this stuff that I'm doing at the end of the show here, even though I'm the one choosing to talk about uh, this stuff with you. But I don't I don't think I want to know how the, the sausage is made. You know, I think I just I want to enjoy it and eat it. And if if that's OK, then that that sounds good. All right. Another story is out there. Let me just move on. Do you have an old person name? Uh, millennials are now debating whether or not their name is old. Uh, my name, Craig, is uh, not a name I hear a whole lot, uh, which I like, uh, but definitely I've met other Craigs. Uh, there's bad news for Ashley's, Amanda's and a bunch of, I guess, typical names uh, out there in the world. Amber is another one that gets mentioned here because uh, those are now old, apparently. Uh, Charlotte, Olivia, Penelope, Isabel, Bella. Uh, these are, are more widely accepted names that used to be thought of as old, I guess, on social media. Um, I, I didn't have kids. My wife and I, we, we didn't have kids. We tried. Uh, it didn't happen. I don't know uh, what God's plan is. I've said that before on the radio. I know I can say it uh, here. Um, but if I if I'd had a child, I don't think I would have named him something crazy or her. I like that I just assumed it was a boy. I, I don't think I would have used like one of the the weird make them up and and put a bunch of things that aren't part of a name in there. I think I would have gone with a tried and true man. I would have gone with any name uh, that is is a name you hear a lot and it might be an old person name and it's fine because everybody will know how to pronounce it when they see it when they meet you, uh, or at least they'll they'll know they've heard it before. Uh, at the very least. So that, that to me, uh, makes more sense than any of the rest of this. But I just think it's interesting that people care if their name uh, sounds old. Uh, hearing relaxing words while asleep is good for your health, according to a brand new study. Uh, relaxing sleep affirmations is actually what they're called. They can have a calming effect on your heart. Uh, that was published in the Journal of Sleep Research. Uh, researchers at the university in Belgium and a university in Switzerland analyzed electrical activity in the heart to understand how bodies react to external stimuli while sleeping. Uh, they found that people's heartbeats changed in response to hearing different types of words uh, even while sleeping. Uh, results showed that relaxing messages played during sleep helped uh, slow people's hearts more while hearing neutral words had no effect. Awake, the heart beats about 60 to 100 beats a minute. Uh, when you're asleep, it drops down to 40 to 50. Um, the study found that this is, is good for you. Um, you know what I don't like about any of this? <laughs> that's that's the segment i don't like this i don't like that i don't like how cumbersome it looks like it would be to wear those headphones uh, that are in this uh in this story uh, while trying to go to sleep you're not going to be able to sleep in your side you're not going to be able to sleep in any way you want so i think that would make it way less comfortable than whatever the positive words of affirmation are uh, that are being thrown in there uh, but a lack of deep sleep can be detrimental to your mental health and your physical health uh, so you need that and so if the i actually have these little tiny earbuds uh, that I bought that you can slide into each ear and they're, they're so thin and they can't actually play anything you want off your uh, phone. You have to load like specific songs onto it. Well, they're not even songs, just specific sounds. And they'll play those and you'll go to sleep and you'll relax and it's, it's great. 
Um, they're little um, Bose uh, sleep buds is what they're called. Uh, and I love them. Uh, and there's no words in any of it. I, I do wish it had more stuff. It doesn't really have a lot of stuff. And I can't play whatever I want. Uh, but I do understand that. I just wouldn't want to wear a giant uh, set of headphones because that sounds horrible. All right. Uh, Gen Z is more likely to ditch work for a mental health day than any other generation, according to a new study as well. Uh, this came out, um, I guess, just a little bit earlier this year. Um, Gen X is the least likely uh, to take a mental health day. Um, and millennials are somewhat likely to take a mental health day. Um, but the zillennial is grappling with the run-of-the-mill conditions of uh, forgoing the workforce altogether. So they were not uh, well uh, represented in here. That's someone who's between millennial and uh, Gen Z. Uh, apparently, they're the most out of work, which is probably going to make you have uh, not very good sleep and other stuff uh, is going on. Uh, youth wokelessness uh, due to ill health is a real and growing trend, according to one of the analysts uh, in this study. Uh, they said that it's worrying that young people in their 20s just embarking on an adult life are more likely to be out of work with mental health issues uh, than they are in their 40s. It also might be, you know, the eye of the beholder, the, the interpretation of uh, how you can adjust to whatever it is you're struggling with. I think different generations had different feelings about that. I think some generations had a you know, just make it through the day, a version of a reaction to stuff. And others had, well, I'm just going to take this day for me. And I don't know which one is right. I guess it really depends on how serious of an issue it is you're facing uh, with your mental health. Because I do think, you know, a refusal to, to take time away if you need it uh, to be to be better um, is bad. But I also think that taking too much time away isn't going to make your life better and you're not going to be able to really afford whatever care you might need uh, to get there. So I, I thought both sides of that were kind of interesting. All right, I'm going to get out of here. Uh, Dave Ramsey is coming up after me. Uh, he does the radio show, not from here, but uh, in general. Uh, and then uh, actually before that, TJ Carson is going to talk about some news stuff. I'm sure there's a lot of big, breaking, giant stories out there. Just the weather tomorrow is going to be nuts. We're keeping an eye on the weather tomorrow. It's going to be late in the afternoon, yeah. but uh, uh, they're saying right now the worst of it is going to be east of the Illinois River. Okay. But whatever happens, stay yeah. here. We'll so, tell you all about so it. I know that we're having some staff um, covering for other staff, so you might be with me tomorrow. And I'm just throwing this out there, TJ. It's just an idea. You doing news in a car chasing the storm. That's an idea. Think about it. Noodle the problem it. with that <laughs> is it's going to be, if it's far away, uh, that, oh, might, that might be too far. We got, we got connections. We'll make it work. All okay. Right. Well, I'm well, out of I'll here. go to Champagne and Thank then I'll have TJ. some raising canes. You're doing great. All right. No, that's nice. That sounds nice. It is. I'm out of here. Uh, Dave Ramsey's next. TJ's got the news. AM, it's 1470 FM 100.3 everywhere.